What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a very special Captain's Run because we're down in enemy territory. Well, enemy territory for some. For some. For me, specifically. Uh, we are down in Melbourne. It's uh, Smithy's old stomping ground. How you been, Smithy? Can't be. How are you, mate? How good is it? Like, back in Melbourne, the city's alive again. Yes. We uh, were very lucky to get to the footy last night. We went mm. and watched the Ds play the Dogs. Kempi's first game ever of AFL, live AFL, and at the G. Yes. Um, no, it's good to be back, mate. It's uh, obviously spent a long period of my life in Melbourne, 20 years, in fact. And, yeah, it's awesome. Mate, I tell you what, we got a story for you. So, last night, <laughs> I'm a smart gentleman. I'm an ideas guy. I'm a guy that isn't going to sit in traffic for four or five hours. Anyway, I got into my hotel last night, keen as anything to get to the AFL. And yep. as we decide what we're going to do, Yes. I think I'm not going to get in a cab and I'm not getting an Uber because I know going to the G is going to be sitting there for hours trying to get there. So yeah. I thought, you know what? Traffic was a nightmare. Traffic was a nightmare. So I'm going to I'm going to slowly just walk there and enjoy life, Smithy. Mm. Enjoy life. Yep. So anyway, I stopped and I got one of the bikes on the side of the road. I ended up riding to MCG mm-hmm. and it was glorious. It was mm. glorious. It was a great, great atmosphere. Yes. Thanks to Hutcho from SEN. He, uh, he, the, well, the owner of SEN, he, yes. he gave us the well, he came with us to the box. So thanks to Hutcho. Hutcho anyway, yep. so after the match, I actually was on my way home and I thought, I've hidden the bike that I used to get here. I should be able to find it. Yes. The bike was gone. The bike was gone. Mm. I get on a scooter and I'm like, on my way home and the doors closed to the park that I went home through. So I yes. go a different direction. I get lost. This is at like 11 o'clock at night. I'm lost. And to make matters worse, my scooter's battery ran out. Oh, no. No. So I'm sitting there going, oh, what's doing? I have we, to call an Uber here. Panicking? Panicking. Because right. because the Uber had to sit in ages of traffic because of the MCG. Oh, wow. Okay. Anyway, so eventually I got the Uber. I ended up getting home, I think, at like 11.30 or something. So yes. it was a fair trek. That, But you've got your own story this morning of dealing with on-the-side-of-the-road scooters. Well... Speaking with you last night, Kemby, and you mentioned to me about the, the bike and the, uh, the e-bike and the e-scooter trip, and I thought, well, I might do that tomorrow morning. I'll get up, I'll have a nice, you know, little, slight little sleep in, um, go outside, I'm just staying right near the MCG, and I'll grab a scooter, and I'll scoot over to uh, SEN Studios over here in South Melbourne. Um, so anyway, I'll roll up to the first scooter, this is going nicely, it's, how easy is this, just scan and away we go. Anyway... Scanned it, scooter switches on. I uh, I I pull the throttle with with the thumb and nothing, nothing. <laughs> How hard is it? Like it's just there's a throttle, it goes. It's an electric scooter. Like what else needs to happen here? And yeah. I seen the little sign saying kick and go. Yeah. I'm like kick. What do I kick? I'm standing around. <laughs> do I kick the scooter? What do I? Ki- what do I kick here? Is there like a little like sensor somewhere? Yeah. Anyway, the uh, as we know, Melbourne's a very bustling, busy city, um, particularly in the early morning, and there's cars everywhere. I'm trying to hide my face. People are looking over going, "What? have a look at this crocodile. What is he doing? He, he's got no idea. Anyway, wouldn't move, wouldn't move, wouldn't move. I had to end the ride. Charge me $2.50 oh, for no. going nowhere. No. For going nowhere. So anyway, a little bit of panic sets in <laughs> because I wanted to get over a little bit earlier than what I, I did this morning. Uh, anyway, so I think, okay, get back on the map, on the scooter app. Mm. Found another one. It was about 800 metres away. <laughs> Raced down to that one. Scanned it in again. Now, I'm on the corner of uh, Punt Road and Olympic Boulevard. 
possibly the busiest intersection in Melbourne, in the world, actually, in the world. So I, I'm, I've scanned again, done the same thing. Nothing. I'm like, this can't happen. Two scooters in a row with no battery. What, what, what's going on here? And it's saying it's full battery. It's ready to go. Nothing. So eventually uh, uh, more panic sets in. I'm starting to sweat. It's only 15 degrees here in the morning. Um, but I'm sweating. I've got, I've got to get over. I'm, I'm running late. So, and that's when I, I called you. I called Kempi and said, mate, how do these things work? I've got, the two, of, two are not working for me. It, it says kick and then go, but um, I don't know where to kick. And he said, mate, just like a normal scooter, give them a couple of little pushes and away they go. So eventually I found one um, and it was the greatest 10 minutes ride of my life on a scooter. And we're mate, here. We made it. And I tell you what, next time, now you know how to use them. Next time, you know how to use them. I don't think I'm going to use them. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, it was a great night. It was my first game of AFL that I've actually ever watched live. Yes. I've tried to watch it on TV, and mm. it doesn't do it for me. But live, yeah. it is a different, different. product. Yeah, different, different product. Hey, hey, just quickly before we move on. Mm. Your, your stories that you come out with about your childhood, they're, they're, it's amazing. We've heard about your athletics, but tell the listeners, please, about your how close you were to playing AFL. Which I didn't know about until last night. Oh, well, okay. Well, uh, so as a lot of you know, I played soccer growing up. And basically what happened was I got to a point where my school, uh, the teacher, the, the head of PE was heavily into AFL. And so was my father. Yep. Anyway, he was also you know part of the rugby league thing. So I was playing soccer and doing really well, part of the Queensland side. And at that time, I was also a part of Queensland Raw, which is Raw in the A-League. Yes. I was in reserve grade at 16 years old in the squad. And basically the, mm-hmm. the, the trajectory of my career there, if I stayed there instead of going overseas, would have been, you know, A-League in two to three years. Yes. Anyway, so I went away for Rugby League, as we all know. Got some scouts that were really interested. And they, Broncos approached me first mm-hmm. and basically said, we need you to come to a camp. Yes. So I, I came to a camp, did that, came home. And AFL got wind of a young kid that could play multiple sports. Yes. And Multi-talented. So, I mean... You could say that. You could say. I'll say it. I'll say it. Anyway, so basically, uh, from the Brisbane Lions, they came down. Their scouts. They sat me down. It was at Broadbeach near Oasis there, mm-hmm. and basically said, "Look, mate, we've you know seen video footage of you. We've yes. seen your history with athletics. We've seen your soccer stuff. We've seen some of your rugby league stuff. We would love to fast track you to the draft. So what that wow. means is, is we will train you full time from this point on. If you say yes, yes, one on one training." Mm-hmm. And then we'll get you to the draft and basically use your physical, I guess, attributes attributes, yes, to get you really high in the draft. Wow. Um, and that's all like the beep tests and all that kind of stuff, yeah. which is stuff that I excelled at at the time. Mm. And what was funny is that, so I had to choose between AFL, soccer and league. League, when they found out about that, they were, initially they had me in the under-19s side, yes, just to Broncos under-19s. Mm-hmm. They found out and said, look, instead of the 19s, we'll put you with our Clydesdales. Right. Uh, which was the reserve grade yep. Broncos at the yep. time. The so they're putting me in reserve grade squad and I hadn't played any rugby league before. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went to soccer and I was like, look, I have an offer from the Broncos. Yes. What do you guys think? And they said, look, obviously it's totally up to you. If you're not, if you're not uh, passionate about this, you know, mm. you should go somewhere else. Yep. But you are currently part of our reserve grade squad and you'll pay, we, you will play A-League in two years because A-League was coming in the next year. Yep. So they said, when you're 17, 18, you'll play A-League. That was the coach of the the Brisbane Raw at the time. And obviously, AFL has said they'd fast-track me to drive. But what was funny is that my dad's a massive AFL fan. 
And so you mm. could see him stinging, absolutely stinging. He wanted to say, please, son, please, son, play <laughs> AFL. But he didn't say that because he didn't want to pressure me yeah. into any sport. That's fair enough. But what actually got me across the line for rugby league was I had a really good memory with my da uh, yes. sitting at his knee watching Steve Renoff right. play. The, the Pearl. The Pearl. The great. And I've actually messaged Pearl like I'd spoken to him and said, mate, you're actually the reason why I decided to go to oh. to, to league. Yep. And so, so that was just a, such a good memory for me and my dad had passed, but he was a massive Broncos fan. Right. And so I was like, you know what? Like the Broncos have offered uh, AFL, although it would be really cool to give it a shot. This is the Broncos. They were the biggest yes. organization, sporting organization in the country. Yes. And so the rest is history. Rocked wow. up to training. Rocked up to training. First session. No, sorry. The week before. I think I've told you the week before. Mm. Yeah. The week before I was doing tackle practice at an <laughs> athletics track with my brother because I didn't know how to tackle. <laughs> so, mate, it was... And the uh, rest is history. Mate, the rest is history. The rest is history. But actually at the AFL, after the game last night, yeah. there was a bit of a, a blow up from the uh, the oh. the doggies. Is it the doggies? Bevo. Coach. Yeah. Yep. He got stuck into the journey, which we love to see. We love to see a bit of drama mm. after round one. Uh, did you get a chance to watch that? Um, I seen a clip last night. I, I seen the clip last night, and uh, yeah, wow, surprised. I, th- I think we do have some audio, so we'll just listen to that now. The nerve to ask me a question and even be here. You've been preying on us the last two times. You barracked for Melbourne, Tom Morris. Your conflict of interest here is considerable. Your gutter journalism at the moment is killing us and behind the scenes. The health and well-being of people in the game is caught up in all this stuff. Are you proud of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're proud of yourself. Yeah, Fox backs me. Wow. Me. You're not welcome. Right? And, uh, this is the AFL's press conference, and I'll it's sit what? here. It's, it's what, the AFL's press conference. I think we're probably done up. You're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. Wow. Wow. That's that, one of the great blow-ups. Oh, one of the greatest ever. Have you seen any coach like, well, address a, a journal like that before in a, in a, in a post-match press, press conference? Literally never. Mm. I've never, ever seen that. I guess aggressive. I've see, you see the passive aggressive stuff of like not passive aggressive, but slight underhand yes. plays where you're like. What was interesting is uh, on the weekend, they the the uh, Rabbitohs, uh Dimitri coach was getting constantly asked about Reynolds. Yes, and you could see he oh. was slowly steaming the poor mm. fella, yeah. the poor fella. Yeah, but well, I think over the a lot. Of the preseason, a lot of the questions around their squad, Kempi was was about how they're going to go without Reynolds, and I think he just might have been sick and tired of answering answering the question. To be yeah. honest, but at the same time, it, yeah, you got to understand as a head coach, you're going to be asked those questions. Mm. Like that, that's the biggest question surrounding South over this this season is how they're going to go without Adam Reynolds. Of course, you know, Wayne Bennett moving on also, mm. um, but yeah, it's just the first taste of of being a, a head coach actually. Um, and it's just yeah. the worrying thing with that. Oh, I totally empathize with Dimitri. I mm. totally understand that he would be frustrated with hearing that question. But the issue is, once journos get a sniff, oh, they get a sniff. You yes. don't tell me they aren't looking at that. If you get a chance, people, go watch oh. the post-match press conference with uh, Dimitri. It wasn't too outrageous. He didn't do anything wrong or anything like that. But you could see it really did frustrate him, the Reynolds question. Yes. And the issue is, and I think Anthony Seabold dealt with this quite a lot, Mm-hmm. He didn't really appreciate how important your relationship with the media is. You've mm. just got to play the game because mm. they'll make your life absolutely miserable if not. Yeah, well, and he should have. He, he had a plenty of time to learn from the greatest media schmoozer ever in Wayne oh, Bennett, mate. You know what I mean? You're like, you, you were coached by him, but like he knew how to handle them. Mm. You know, he just he he kept his answers short. He didn't yep. he didn't buy into any of the 
the traps that they wanted to try and get him into. But um, you know, last night, like Luke Beveridge, and, and I've met Luke a couple of times, and he's a, he's a wonderful person. But he just it just got the, the occasion. I think just got the better of him. Mm. And and the the context behind that was that um, the journalist Tom Morris, he'd um, sort of broke news around their squad and who mm. was playing and who wasn't, and sort of things happening within the Western Bulldogs group that weren't meant to be public knowledge. Well, wow. and so he, I think he was uh, Luke was accusing uh, Tom of allowing that news to become public mm. because he was, or sorry, he is a Demons fan. Okay. And he was trying to, you know, get within the organisation of the dogs and, mm. and try and um, unsettle them. And uh, the two games he was talking about, obviously, is grand final and then the mm. uh, the rematch last night. Smithy, you might call me a bit of a nihilist, but I love it. <laughs> I love it. Let's get as crazy as we can get, baby. Let's start spraying each other. Let's just insult. Let's get passionate. The craziest, I reckon, in league, what the craziest or... Well, now it's quite funny, but and and probably infamous was um, twos. Jeff's Tuvi, chef um, kiss, chef's kiss. The um, the um, there needs to be an investigation. A beautiful, comment. beautiful. It'll it'll echo an eternity. That was more around the uh, officials, though, wasn't it? It was actually the not speech... not so much at a journo. Yes, yes. The speech in Gladiator was actually about Tuvi's. Uh, <laughs> that was actually about Tuvi's incredibly beautiful. Uh, press conference. <laughs> I say, let let the dogs loose. Let the dogs, let the boys and girls oh, go at it. That's oh. what I say. What about yourself, Smithy? What's you know, you obviously had to deal with um, a lot of media. Mm. What is this like dealing with you? Know, you know that they know what they're asking doesn't need yeah. to be asked. No, that's What's right. it like? Well, yeah, in in well, in my career, certainly um, towards the end, um, yeah. Well, because I was I was captaining Storm and Queensland and and um, Australia, you know, I, I had to deal with the media, you know fairly often, but you, you need to understand, you know, they've got a job to do and, um, you know, they're, they're looking for headlines at times. So you just, you just got to be careful of, with what you say and mm. you, you just got to have, um, you know, an understanding and some knowledge around the subjects you're talking about mm. um, and make sure that, you know, you, you believe what you're saying and, and you're not speaking any sort of like dribble or lies or anything like that. So, um, you know, I, I think the, the approach I had was just, was just, Go into press conferences and and when I'm talking to the journalists, just be upfront and honest. And mm. if there were certain questions or topics that um, weren't um, relatable to what needed to be talk talked about, mm. you just you, well you just say that you just say to them and be honest and say, look, you know, I'm not comfortable talking about that. Let's talk about something else. Yeah, absolutely. Did you did you begin to because when you do come into first grade, mm. you're so naive, you don't know all the little mechanisms that are happening by the end of your career could you just pick it straight away like what the situations yeah. you're in yeah mate well and i was lucky because i was in the game quite for quite some time mm. so and you get an understanding of you know the media's role in in the sport and um you know what they're trying to do and um you know they're, they're trying to generate interest through their papers and yeah particularly over the last part of my career when you know sort of the, like the social media mm. became big and the digital presence became really big mm. Um, and they're all looking for content and, and audience, really, and, and, and people like views. Yeah. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for the numbers. So, um, you know, you just had to play a straight bat. That's the best way to do it. And, mm. and really, if, if there was something <clears throat> for me, if there was something said to me or made a comment about me or anyone else that, that you know, was untrue or, you know, offended me, you, you just don't allow that to get to you. Yeah. It's just, 
you need to understand that you know what the truth is. You mm. knew exactly what the situation was and you just, it's nothing. You just move on. That was my best way of, of yep. dealing with it and just concentrating on the things I could control because th- those opinion style pieces that, that journalists write or say or go down, it's it, again, it's their opinion. It's mm. not necessarily the truth yeah, um, or what's right. Um, so that was how I dealt with it. And the ironic thing is, as a journalist, and, and not all are like this at all. Actually, most of them, you can speak to them. Yeah, and that's right. They'll let you know. But there are a few that if it does get to you, that's actually what they want. Well, they're chasing more, it. They, they, it's like, yes, yes, absolutely, that's what I want. Yep. And it creates another story. They want to buy it. They want, they want something um, to be able to just push that story further and further. Yeah, it's uh, the media. It's uh, it's a crazy game. Lucky I didn't have to deal with it. Lucky no one gave it anything about my career. Uh, and I'm now I'm in it. I get to just talk about players well, now. we're in it. I got the best of both worlds. We're I played in NRL. No one cared. Now I get to put I get to put players down. And I'm a you winger. Don't, you don't do that though. That's the great thing about you. Don't do that. Now uh, after the break, we'll be taking calls and texts. So call thirteen hundred zero one eleven seventy. Text 0457-736-736 and we'll see you on the other side. The beautiful... Ooh. I actually had a snitty before the AFL last night. It was beautiful. From, from the great people at Schnitz. Great people at Schnitz. How and they, that? They reckon they're, they're, they're absolutely delicious, Smithy. But you know what else mm. is delicious, Smithy? Mm. Where did you find time to win a golfing tournament? Kempi, <laughs> you would not believe the feedback I've had about, <laughs> about winning this tournament. It's Five million, you reckon? Five million dollars. Thank you very wow. much. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't even know why I come to work today. <laughs> no, I'm only joking, it, and it wasn't me. It was, uh, it was the the more well known Cameron Smith, um, the golfer who is a Brizzy boy, mm. good Queenslander, um, and he grew up as a Broncos fan. He's a, he's a Broncos fan. Surely Can't he be. saw the beak flying down the wing. So um, listen, I'm gonna we're gonna put some calls out, and we're gonna try and get a hold of him um, mm. in the next couple of weeks, leading yep. up to maybe the Masters. Absolutely. Um, who, surely he's a hot favourite to win that one. But yeah, no, he won the players, uh, took home the the biggest purse in, in golf history, five million smackaroonies. Wow. Um, and he was playing at his, his it's his local course now, because he's living in Jacksonville, um, down in Florida. And uh, look, what a, what a champion. I don't know if you got to see any of the tournament, but his, his final round... Just unbelievable! I think ten birdies in his last round, in his last round, um, capped off by just a, a crazy shot on the seventeenth, where um, we all, know, all the golfing people out there, know about the famous seventeenth uh, hole where um, it's like an island green, and mm-hmm. you've got to be really careful where you place the ball, or else you're going to be in trouble. And he put it about four foot from the hole, mm. just a huge play, and uh, such so so humble in victory, mm. you know, like. He, he had his mother and his sister over in the states. First time he's seen them in like two and a half years. Mm. And when he when he when he was um, when he knew he won and he did the the sort of the post round interviews, like all he could speak about was how happy he was to see his family. Wow! Not about the tournament he just won and and the great champions that have that have won it before him. And he just joined that list. It was more about um, you know having spent a bit of time with his his mother and his sister wow. that he hadn't seen for a long time and. Oh, what a man. Loves fishing, loves getting out on his boat, loves True golf, blue Aussie loves bloke. rugby league. Yep. And you know what he said? What? He was asked in a press conference about, you know, when it when it gets a little bit tough, when he feels like, you know, it's it's a bit tough out there on the course, where does he draw inspiration from? He said he thinks about the Queensland State of Origin side. No way. What a bloke. What a man. It doesn't get much better than that. That's what I want to hear. Yep. That's what I want to hear, Smithy. So, and yes. also, 
just quietly, one of the great mullets. One of oh. the great mullets. He's been, you know what? He's bringing a bit of rugby league to golf. I love it. I love it as well. Uh, and that, that shot on the 17th, I don't know anything about uh, golf. Yes. But that was a great shot. Unbelievable. And honestly, his interview after saying it was more of an accident, I would have been going to the journalist going, what about that shot, boys? <laughs> what about that shot? Claimed it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. How good was my shot? <laughs> Put it on the highlight reel. Um, speaking of golf, we actually have uh, a tailor-made prize pack. The best, the best caller during this show win a dozen TP5 golf balls, one-times tailor-made tour ra- uh, radar hat, one-times tailor-made ball divot and ball marker and yes. bottle opener. How good. How good. The great people at TaylorMade, thank you for thank coming you. on board. Absolutely, thank you. So uh, make sure to call in because the best caller will win one of those prizes. But we actually have a caller right now, all the way from London. London. We've gone worldwide, Smithy. We've Davo. gone worldwide. Davo, how you going, mate? How are you, boys? Yeah, Very good. good. Thank you. How are you? Mate. Yeah, uh, good. Thanks for taking my call. Speak to me, mate. What have you got for us? So I'm a diehard Warriors supporter, and um, as I'm sure you know, supporting them can be very difficult. We're on and off like a microwave. There's no consistency. So just wanted to know, in your opinion, what do we need to do to become a powerhouse club like the Storm or, sorry, Kempe, but the Broncos of old? Mm. Ooh. Broncos wow. of 2022, maybe, Kempe? Year of the ambush. <laughs> Year of the ambush. We've got you where you want you, mate. We, you think we aren't good, but I'll tell you what. But, Smithy, speak to me about well, the Warriors. Well, you know, you know what, Dave? I think you know, the one thing with the Warriors, like they've over so many years, they've put together really strong playing rosters, and they just unfortunately haven't been able to deliver. And, yeah, their best chance, I guess, in recent, when you say recent times, was um, when they made the, the, um, the grand final in 2011. Um, that was their red-hot chance there, but they, they ran into a, a very good manly side. Um, but, you know, the, there's been years where they've been threatening. Like they, they, oh, As you mentioned, like they can be as good as anyone on their day. They can beat, they can beat the top sides, but then if they, if they don't turn up with the right mindset, then they, they struggle to beat the, lo- the lowly play sides as well. Mm. Um, so I can understand yeah. your frustration as a, as a Warriors fan. <laughs> and really, all, like... Like elite sport, like in, in doesn't matter whether it's a it's a it's a team sport or a solo sport. It's it's all about consistency, and finding finding that sort of groove of being able to maintain that that standard every week. Mm. So I think that's that's the most important thing for the Warriors at the moment. Having Sean Johnson back is great, but unfortunately he picked up an injury in round one, mm. so he's not mm. going to be there for maybe a month, um, which is a bit of a blow. But but. You know, trying to find a groove where they can get out there and play some solid footy every week. Now, I've seen some good signs in the, in the trials, and as we know, like trials aren't everything, but mm. they turned up and played a pretty good game against the Melbourne Storm down here in Melbourne. They just need to be able to find that every week, mm. every week. And, and it's difficult. You know, you don't want to be too harsh on the Warriors because like they, they, they have not been based at home for two years. Insane. You know, and some people say, oh, you know, yeah. like it's been a long time now. You need to go past that. Well, no. Think about you having to move away from home, from, away from your family and friends for such a long period of time. It, it's got to take its toll on you. Um, but, yeah, I think the most important thing for the Warriors is understand how they get the best out of themselves and why and what they're doing in those situations and just try to make that as consistent as possible. Oh, how is, Dave, how, how is London at the moment? 
overcast, cold, um, <laughs> as it normally is. Now, it's, yeah. it's coming into summer, yeah. to be fair. It's the best time. Get to watch the rugby league uh, in Excellent. the morning and, uh, and get summer. So, yeah, fantastic. Awesome, mate. Just my two cents with the Warriors. I think they should take a lot of inspiration from Penrith and they need to get a young batch mm. of players together because mm. you've got the talent. Like, you know, some of the players over oh. there are absolutely incredible. And yeah. you do – a lot of people don't appreciate the Warriors' youth get poached constantly mm. by the best clubs. Yeah. So if there's somehow a way it's, that Penrith yeah. did to keep them all, um, what do you think about that, mate? That's why it's so frustrating because we do have – so many great juniors, and I feel like there's no reason why we can't um, yeah, have what's happening at Penrith. Um, so whether it's a culture thing, do we need to have better pathways? Do we need to get in the next super coach? Um, like once Cameron goes into coaching, we can drag him over. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> mate, um, th- mate, thank you so much for calling. Really do appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Dave. Uh, hope the Warriors go well this year. Legend. Cheers, boys. Take it easy. Say, mate. Thanks, mate. Uh, make sure to call 1300 01 1170. Text 0457 736 and we'll go to the news and see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. As I told you earlier, we have three $50 snitty vouchers to give away to the best callers. And we also have tailor-made price pack for your golf lovers. But we have Jackson from Penrith on the line. Jacko, you there, mate? G'day. What's going on? Hey, Jacko. Living the dream, mate. We are hey. living the dream. Speak. Speaking goat, first things first, we could change that intro of uh, Smith scoring in the 2020 grand final. That's <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, Jacko. <laughs> mate, that was the longest wet and wet train home of my life. Um, now, look, the question is, all the players that Melbourne are losing, or mm. even lost last weekend and the yep. year after, if Bellamy yes. gets some fire and going great, do you reckon the debate's over for the greatest coach ever? Oh, look, oh, look, I, I, well, greatest coach ever. You know, there's been some great coaches before our time. Can be we weren't fortunate enough to be around and, and see them do their best work, but certainly in in the modern game. And you know, I'm I'm probably talking from a from a biased position, having been coached by Craig Bellamy. But certainly in the last twenty years, he, I, I, you can't argue with his record. You you, you just cannot argue like and and the numbers that stack up like he's got the best winning percentage by any coach mm. over over that long period of time so 500 games tonight he's got a winning percentage a tick over 70 percent wow well that's just crazy so when you think about the nrl particularly in the modern game like winning seven out of every 10 matches that you're involved in is just ridiculous yeah. really yeah it is yeah and you know he's gone he's he's had some seasons there where he's only dropped you know three or four matches in, in a season so Jacko, mate, I, I I think particularly in the last twenty years, he's he's out and out the the best coach the yeah. NRL has seen. The, the the thing that sets him apart really is is one is though that that high standard year on year on year. There's been no drop off for the Melbourne Storm. There just hasn't been. Mm. If you look back since '06, the Storm of like that's sixteen odd years ago. Mm. His team has been involved in 13 prelims, Kempi. 13 of 16 prelims. So, Insane. you know, and, and that's not counting grand finals they've been involved in. But what I'm saying is to have your team in the second last game mm. 13 times out of the last 16 opportunities, that's just ridiculous numbers. Mm. I so, think, um, yeah. I think even if, let's say you're like, you know, I think Wayne, I think Trent Robinson, I think mm. Gibson or whatever, no one can deny 
that Bellamy is the greatest player developer of all time, mm. in my opinion. That's I think he's yeah, that's you yeah. know he yeah. he he, he developed player of his. Yeah. better than any coach before. Mm. Uh, and, and you can see that with the consistency because if he wasn't a good player developer, because yeah. he, he's had so many different players through the through the yeah. uh, doors there at Melbourne. That's right. And he's, uh, yeah, so you cannot argue that in my opinion. What, what do you reckon, mate? What do you reckon, Jacko? Yeah, well, the thing is for me, like I'm from that, young, I'm, well, I'm only 22 and I always grew up seeing Queensland win and Melbourne win, you know? Mm. So for me, I don't know anything else besides Melbourne just being dominant. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, growing up every single year, you're like, "Here we go, Bellamy's got to firing again." <laughs> Another year, but um, 2006, yeah, but like, 2006, but, mate. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and 21. But, um, yeah, nah, it's, I, I think like <laughs> he's undeniable. But like, you just sit there and watch. Like it's got. I'm actually keen to see how they go without Welsh. Um, mm, yes, because I reckon he's a beast. He's so underrated as a forward. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting how they go, especially what next year they're losing all their second roles, it seems like. Yep. It's a good point, Jacko. Um, but yeah. if there's one coach in the comp that can do it, mate, he can do it. So thanks for your call, bud. That was yeah, a good call. Great. We've got we got, a, we got a ton of callers. Next up, we got James from Hornsby. Jimmy, you Morning, there? gentlemen. Ja- how are you going? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, first of all, congratulations, Cameron, on uh, Monday's effort. I thought it was really good. Thanks, James. Um, no worries. Now, my real question is, you kicked <laughs> goals. What was the shortest amount of time you took to kick a goal? Um, well, it would have been probably if we found ourselves in like sort of like the dying moments and we're, and we're down. Um, I would have, as soon as the, whoever it was that scored a try, I'd race up and get the ball and, and try and slot it over. But, you know, I think your question is, what are my thoughts on goal kickers wasting time? Well, back in the day, they That's could... Yeah, they could they could take it an eternity to kick a goal, but the the NRL have brought in some rules now where there is a time clock. It's like a shot clock for the goal kicker. Yeah, but and it's not used. Yeah, but game time still kicks over. Now, if you take a minute off the game of the game time because someone's having a shot at goal, one set of tackles is about a minute. So That's you right. had nine tries right. on uh, was it Eels played Titans in the first half. That's nine minutes gone basically. That's three. Yeah. That's a quarter of the game is wasted sitting there. Yeah. Can't they no, just bring in something to say, stop the game clock, as soon as the rat blows a try, game clock stops, you've got 45 seconds. I think that's enough time mm. to go and kick it. Mate, yeah. that's a fair point. Yeah, it's a fair point. But, you know, if you look at other sports when, you know, it's not, it's not an easy thing, goal kicking. Mm. Um, let's be honest. It's, um, it's a pretty, it's pretty yeah, difficult man, it's thing. And everyone... Everyone's got their own sort of um, setup when they goal kick and all these different things that, that attribute to it. But if you if you if you want to stop the clock for every try, let's let's say you have thirty tries in a match, the game will go for five hours. Wow, wow. You know what I mean? So well, and and you got to remember the broadcasters run on run on a schedule, so they need to fit all these games in. So there needs to be a little bit. Of, I think they got it right at the moment, um, James. Where they they do allow the goal kickers a certain amount of time. To kick to uh, take the goal kick. If it goes over that time, the game clock stops. And in actual fact, and I don't know how many um, listeners are aware of this, the NRL are pretty they're pretty tight on goal kickers and and the time that they use up. If if they if they're repeat offenders, they actually um, send like a, a, a it's not a breach notice, but like a, a a notice to the club and to the goal kicker that 
they are wasting a fair bit of game time. And if it continues, wow. there are p- potential fines. Wow. There are p- potential fines yeah, for the club or the player for wasting time. Yeah, but who cares? If, they're not going to worry about the fine if they get the two points. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's going to be the overall thing. Is like an AFL game, rugby league game goes for 80 minutes, two 40 minutes. The AFL game is four quarters or 20 minutes. Yep. It's the same amount of time. But the thing is, when the ball's not in play in AFL, the game stops. So the fans get their money's worth. Yep. People want mm. to say, oh, how do we bring fatigue into rugby league? Oh, we'll cut the interchange. No, you just make them play for the 80 minutes and not bloody 52 minutes, 56 minutes or more. You say, no, you get out. And the goal kicker, or oh, you got your little uh, superstitious things you got to do first, or practice kicking at them 45 seconds of training. And then you'll be able to... Get rid of that, mate. You bring up you bring up some really good points. Bring up some really good points. It's uh, definitely always want to keep the the game entertaining for the fans. Thanks for calling in, mate. Really do appreciate it. Thanks, James. Have a good time, legend, mate. Thank you. We actually we got some more calls. We got more. We got calls coming out of our pockets, mate. We They're got everywhere. We got uh, Zach from Hobart. Zach, mate, how you going? Hey, good. Thanks. How are you guys going? Living going the good, Zach. Absolute dream, mate. What do you got for us? Uh, I was just wondering, I caught the end of the Eels-Titans women's game before the main uh, men's game came on the other day. Um, I wondered if you guys thought, going into the future, should the women's team have um, different like identities, like names and logos, so that you could have your, like your little girls, um, they might want to buy the jersey of their favourite uh, women's star in the future. I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on where you see that going. Yeah, I mean, it's a great idea because you'd think long-term, if they can have their own brand identity, they can make all the money off that. They don't have to split the, the profits with, you know, the boys' rugby league or whatever. I guess the only knockback I would see is that right now, the women's game needs all the help it can get. And if it can trade off IPs or brands that have been built up over a 20-year period, a 100-year period, if we can give the game that help, it gives it the best chance of surviving. And yep. it gives it... Uh, it also gives, like, for example, the reason why... UFC is so successful with women is that they put their women's fights on with the men's card. Yep. So it kind of it kind of gets the men's or well, the crowd that watches UFC, not forces them to watch, but you know, they're there, they may as watch watch may as well watch it and you've seen it grow rapidly. So I yep. think that anytime we can leverage the men's game to help the women's game, it's probably gonna help. But I do see your point yep. long term. Well they gain exposure, mm. don't they? Mm. Being aligned with the men because the the, the men's um, league is established yeah. you know when you when you're talking nrlw it's only sort of a handful of seasons um into into its um life so um you know and i think for the for the for the women that play um in the nrlw i think they really enjoy playing under that same sort of banner because they were fans of it as they as they um as the male mm. counterparts they, yep. they they get to wear the same colors the same they wear the same logo they're mm. playing in the big stadiums in front of big crowds so as you mentioned, Kempi, you're exactly right. They they um, they grew up as fans of rugby league, mm. and they followed the men's game, and that's what drew them into playing the sport. So I actually don't mind, you know, the women sharing the same, um, you know, colours and, and jersey, and 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 wearing you know that that same that same badge on their on their chest Absolutely. as the men. What do you reckon, Zach? Uh, yeah, I just thought like um, once it gets bigger, maybe they could um, that way you get a membership, and then the revenue goes back uh, to just the women as well. Just thinking down that line, once in a, like maybe five, seven, ten years down the line. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I totally see your point. Like long term, if they could own the whole thing, the the direction they can go, the brand image that they want to represent. For example, you might look at the Sydney Roosters. They look like a, a bit of the glamour club, whereas you might look at the Storm. They're you know a tough, get a job done. You know, maybe a girl's side wants to have a different brand identity to the side that they're currently playing. So I totally see your point. I totally see your point. I just think that right now, whatever help we can give, and if it is, you know, by leveraging the platforms that have been built in the men's game, we should give that. But who knows in the future, maybe they could eventually, you know, create their own thing and, and kill it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mate, thank you. Good thank on you, Zach. You, mate, thank you so much for calling in. Really do appreciate it. We are going to head to a break. Make sure to call 1300-01-1170. Also text 0457-736-736, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and myself. Time now to look who had the best hands in round one of the NRL mm. season. Thanks to Schnitz, the best hands in the snitchel business. I'll tell you what, Kempi, some of the skill that we've seen in the NRL these days mm-hmm. is just unbelievable. And And... To be fair, I don't think that they practice it too much mm-hmm. at training. There's no opportunity. It's more about you know practicing the, the game plan. But yep. this just yeah, the skill is unbelievable. Anyway, our top three for this week. Number one, the Canberra Raiders. I don't know if you've seen this one. Short side play in the 75th minute to send over Hudson Young. Wow. He scored the match-winning try against the Sharks. Unbelievable. Mm. Uh, number two, Bradman. The big fella. The Don. Big boy. Bradman Bess, he's flicked past the Winari Tuala. He sent him over in the corner against the Roosters. Mm-hmm. One of the upsets of the weekend. Yep. Wow. Newcastle Knights, unbelievable. Um, and flick passes both from Jaden Sewer and Zach Lomax to get uh, Ravalawa. A hat-trick. The big fella. Opening hat-trick. Have you ever scored a hat-trick? Surely uh, you have. Yeah, I actually scored four. <laughs> just four quietly, Just quietly. No, no, no. Four, four tries in one game. Oh, I was going to say. Just, quiet, no, just quietly, just quietly. What, what do you call that? Is that a quad? I think it's a quad. It was the best night of my life. We went out. I went out for drinks after it. I was a, a god amongst men for one night, and then, as gods usually do, I came crashing down. Um, but but that was our top three, mate. That was our top three. It's not about me. This isn't about me. This is about blokes still playing rugby league. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was best hands. Thanks to Snitch, bite into golden, delicious, handcrafted schnitz. I'm getting hungry just reading this. Yep. After a break, um, we'll wrap up the first hour. Welcome back to the Captain's Run, brought to you proudly by Bloke in a Bar Beer. Go down to your local, grab a case of the uh, official beer of sport, if I say so myself. Or we are actually stocked in every single celebrations, IGA that stocks alcohol and bottle in New South Wales or ACT. Also, we're stocked in hundreds of uh, bottle in Queensland and all around the country. So go to blokeinabar.com, type in your postcode, and it'll show you your nearest uh, Bloke in a Bar stockist. But... We have the great Meter from Hunter Valley on the on the line here. How you going, mate? Hey, Meter. You there, Meter? You there, Meter? He might have it on mute. We might have lost him. We, we might have lost, lost him, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully, we can get back to him. But we've got some fantastic texts here. We've got some fantastic texts. We've got uh, a text here. Morning, boys. Hey, in my opinion, the greatest moment in NRL history was that freezing cold night at Shark Park when Smith was sent oh, for 10. What a great memory. Come Smithy, on. shed some light. Matty, come on, mate. Great memory. That's not a great mem- memory for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick little rundown. So we're playing the Sharkies, and, and it was when the NRL tried to crack down on some of these little like, nitpicking rules, right? Mm. Some people were a fan. Most not. Yeah. Okay, because it, it took away from the game, and there was no real flow in in the contest. And Anyway. We um, it was a penalty a thon, and Matt Checken was um, refereeing, and he and I got on well. Anyway, so 
he pinged me for being offside. Mm. Okay, and that was one of the, it was one of the rules that they really sort of you know tried to nitpick in the first couple of rounds mm. and like I, send a message kind of stuff. Yeah, I had one foot back with him, one in front, which every player does oh, in the wow. game. Wow, that is nitpicky. And he pinged me. And it was in the second half, and it was about it was up around like the twentieth, twenty fifth penalty for the match, right? <sighs> So I, as I come past, I just I mentioned to him that you know it's ruining the contest. Mm. Like a lot of people said, mate, what did you say to check? You know, like did you give him a godfall and did you abuse him? And I, I didn't. I just said, mate, this is ruining the contest. All wow. these penalties, and he put me in the bin, which is fair enough because you know you don't want to talk down to officials, and I mm. wasn't. I was just making a fact that you know I, I thought the it was over the top the penalties. Mm. But anyway, so. I remember from a young fella, Kempi, right? Mm. My old man said to me, mate, if you ever get 10 in the bin or you get sent off the field for any reason, don't be like one of these buffheads that walk off the field and make it all about them. Mm. Get, just get off the field, run off the field. So I start running off the field over to the western side where the tunnel was and the dressing sheds. As I approached the sideline, one of my trainers said, mate, Smithy, just hold up. We've got to get uh, Brandon Smith on mm. because I was coming off in a key position of dummy half. Mm. He... They needed to sub someone okay. to get a dummy half on the field, right? Yep. So I stop. Oh, no. I stop a couple of inches inside the touchline. Oh, no, I remember this. And I pretend I'm putting like my mouth guard in my sock or I'm doing up my shoelace or something, right? Yeah. And the touchy's sort of grabbing my jersey saying, Mate. Cameron, you get off the field. You Come on, get off the field. And I'm sitting there just going, oh, no. this." Anyway, in that time, I reckon the entire Eastern Grandstand Made their way over to the tunnel where I was heading up <laughs> yes. just to absolutely abuse me. <laughs> and, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. It just it, – <laughs> I walked in and it felt like it was about 20,000 people just absolutely giving it to me. Wow. Walking up the tunnel. But is what it is. And uh, that was the first time I was, I was ever sin-binned. It's so interesting. Sometimes when we see players do things like – it seems bizarre. Like, mm. why, why is Smithy stopping – just before the line, but there's always a reason. Yeah. You know, players don't usually do things like that out of the normal. Yeah, they do it. They're doing it because, all right, my team needs this. I better, you know, or there's instructions to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, really interesting. Oh, what a what a mm. what a story. What any any uh, choice words that you can remember from the spray? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was that there was that many people spraying me. It was just one big. Chorus of spray of noise. Wow! But like there was people leaning over the rails and they were pointing at me and wow. like so many cameras out filming me because I was like, "This is the greatest moment ever mm. um, in the history of of rugby league." As the text, the texter just said, "Yes, this is great. His well, greatest, it's his memory. greatest memory. Yeah, he was probably in the crowd." So you're welcome. You're welcome, Maddie. Make sure to call in 1300-01-1170 or text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six, and we'll see you after the break. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Uh, we have absolutely huge news for you. Superstar Nathan Cleary <laughs> will be on the show for an interview later on in the show. We've got him. We've got him. Absolute legend of bloke. Gave him a message yes. the other night. He said, of course, Kempi, anything for you, mate. You are one of the greatest players I've ever seen play. <laughs> he may or may not have said that. Uh, but so, <laughs> no, but we'll have Cleary on. He's an absolute yes, legend later around. on the show. So stick around, guys. Hear what's going on out in Penrith. And also, I guess, speak to a young guy that's on a trajectory we've, we very rarely see. We yes. very rarely see. But uh, over the weekend, Smithy, mm-hmm. what game stood out to you? Won't go over the whole round, but no. there were some pretty incredible games on the weekend yeah, that shocked a, cu- a few. Yeah, a couple. Um, um, I'll start with Newcastle. I, I don't think anyone expected Newey to, to get up against the Roosters, mm-hmm. particularly with uh, Luke Keery back mm-hmm. in the side. Um, 
they've been missing him for quite some time now, back from a knee injury. And they were pretty much, you know, full strength. Victor Radley in the side yep. as well. Um, yeah, I, I tipped the Roosters. I didn't give Newcastle any hope at all, um, to be fair. But they they seemed like they come out and they had a, a much more settled um, attacking game. Mm-hmm. They, they seemed confident in what they were doing. Very different to last year. And I think we spoke about this on the show last year where they, they just seemed lost at times last year and, and just uncertain about you know, what they were trying to do mm. in their sets of six, um, particularly when they were attacking the opposition try line. They were sort of here, they were there. At times, not on the same page, but they looked very good on the weekend, so I was impressed by them. And the other team was your boys. Yes. The Broncos. Now, I called this game, and, and again, I, I thought the Rabbits were going to be too strong for them, mm. um, given Adam Reynolds wasn't available mm. uh, for, the, for the Broncos. That, that was one of the, the main reasons, but... Uh, yeah, I just thought there was going to be you know too many attacking weapons for the rabbits, but wow, I was really impressed by the Broncos. Mm. Two things: that their halves were very good, mm. uh, Billy Walters and Albert Kelly. I thought they they really steered the ship beautifully mm. for the eighty minutes, and and Billy Walters, like he's running, he was he was threatening every time he touched the ball. Like he beat first man tackles nearly every time he 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 ran the footy mm. coming off his left foot. Um, he was great, and Albert Kelly, he had a good mix of running. And his passing game um, with Katoni Staggs, you know, giving early ball to yep. Katoni, letting him go one on one. He had an outstanding game as well. Um, and and the and the other thing I was impressed with the Broncos was their their ability to to hang in in those tough periods defensively. Yep. Yeah. It's what's been missing from the Broncos for, for quite some time now. And they spent a little bit of time on their own trial line defending the Rabbits. And as we know, they when they get it right, the Rabbits, particularly their left edge. They are as they are as dangerous as any um, attacking team in the competition, but they were able to turn them away mm. um, a fair few times. So that was a really pleasing aspect for me for the Broncos. Well, just quickly, you know, last week you were talking about having to play for something, for pride, for the mm. jersey, yes. for, for the people that have come before you. Yep. Uh, what's really interesting is a few days before the game, I was speaking to one of the players, just mm-hmm. in DMs or whatever, Instagram. Yep. And, you know, I'm not a big ex-player or or whatever, you know, didn't play that many games, but we were just talking and I just said, mate, good luck this, this week. You're going to kill it. You, you know, I can't wait to watch you play. Mm-hmm. And he just wrote back to me, said, mate, we'll make you proud. And I was like, wow, that's just so good to hear. It, it, fair enough. If they said it to Lockie, Talis, like all the big dogs, but yes. to say it to a guy that didn't really do much, I think it means they're starting to get, it's not actually about the individual player. It's mm-hmm. about the organization as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was it, and, it, and it's history and it's past players which yeah, you are a part of absolutely and so although I had already tipped them to to ambush the Rabbitohs, it was just good to <laughs> just that uh, you can I think you can when you watch them play you can see the culture being built again yes. it's slowly I mean it's we're not where we were you know yesteryear yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but the the building bricks are there the mm. building bricks are there so I was super proud of the boys absolutely loved it any other games there Smithy. Um, well, I'll, I'll touch on my old team, the Storm. Mm. They um, they had a horror first up week, losing Christian Welsh um, to a, a ruptured Achilles. Uh, George Jennings, unfortunately, ACL injury. They're both gone for the season. And Brandon Smith, in the second minute of the game, broke his hand. So he's out for about a month. And to be able to you know fight uh, through that 80 minutes against the West Tigers, who you know, they, they played a pretty good game of footy as well. Mm. Um, to come away with the win, which is, I think, Craig Bellamy hasn't lost around one game. It's insane. Um, in 20 it's years. Insane. So, you know, that's that's an impressive effort. Um, missing Brandon over the next month is huge, but I think the biggest 
The biggest one for me is is Christian Welsh. Captain. Now, he, he was just given the co-captaincy along with Jesse Bromwich. Really looking forward to this um, season and the challenge as, as being uh, one of the captains. And we spoke to him last week. Mm. Um, yeah, and how excited he was about the upcoming um, season. And for him to do that off the back of, you know, he's, he's already suffered two ACL injuries, Kempe. Yeah. Like, he's missed two seasons already. Mm. Um, so I guess in, in one way, like, it's... it's you know, I'm shattered for him and 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 for the for the club, but I guess he's he understands what now is to come with mm. this injury uh, rehabilitation and and how long that's going to take and the things that he needs to do to stay positive around the place and and um, make sure he gets through the next little bit in the right frame of mind. What what I loved about the Storm, watching it from the outside looking in, I had a lot of questions in the off season about the Storm culture. What yeah. we hadn't seen the dramas off-field ever in the Storm's history uh, when it comes yes. to players. So I was really worried, like, is this next generation understanding what it is to be a Storm player? You know, losing yourself, losing Billy, losing, losing Cooper. Mm. Have they lost the nucleus that really kept those kind of old-school traditions? What I loved about the, the game on the weekend, and this is no knock on the boys, but I actually no. thought you didn't play that well. No. I, I actually thought you didn't play that well at all. No. Um, but what is really impressive is those core fundamentals of just getting the win by staying in the game, are still there. They're yep. still there. And I think that's good signs for Storm. Yeah, well, it's the fight, isn't it? Mm. And it, it was sort of like a, it was a typical Bellamy coached team performance mm. where it's it's the victory on the weekend was all on effort. Yeah. Nothing else. Absolutely. And as you said, they didn't play their best game of footy. And, yeah, you know, they were missing Munster. They were missing Harry Grant. Um, Jesse Bromwich wasn't there either. So mm. they were always going to be a little bit down on troops. There was a few blokes that made their debut. Absolutely. On the weekend as well for Melbourne Storm. But. It was it was it was it was just a dogfight, really. Yeah. That's what it was, and they got in the trenches and they got the job done. And I think that's what Craig was um, really pleased with. And I think he made a comment post game saying that's probably one of the proudest games he'd been involved in as coach, mm. or the proudest he'd been of a performance of a Melbourne Storm side to be able to yeah. to be able to overcome those three injuries. Yeah, massive. Um, and particularly to you know some key players, mm. um, and then to go out and, and win that that first up game on the road, already missing key personnel. It's crazy. Um, he was really pleased with the effort. So, um, yeah, you can see the 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 effort that they put in over the pre-seasons. You know, a lot's been said about Melbourne Storm pre-seasons and whatnot, but the reward is their ability to hang in those, those tough moments, those tough games, and come away with a victory. Absolutely. Now, huge game tonight. Mm. Huge game yes. tonight. Speak to me, Smithy. How are you feeling? Where's Where's that, the juju at? Where's yeah, that, the juju? Well, at? I'm feeling good, and it's it's a huge it's a huge game for a few reasons, Kempi. Mm. This is the first game that the Melbourne Storm are playing at Amy Park in front of their fans, oh, right? Live in wow. front of their fans since the major semi final in 2019. No way. 2019. As we know, Holy. we know what happened in 2020, and then last year as well. They got to play a couple of games down here, but it was, I believe, it was the fans weren't allowed in the ground. Mm. Um, so it's been a pretty <laughs> That's long time. Yeah. And then also on top of that, the great man, Craig Bellamy, celebrates his 500th game um, as NRL coach. So, you know, a couple of good reasons for the boys to go out and perform well. Big ins in Munster, um, Harry Grant and Jesse Bromwich, they're mm. all back on board. Um, yeah, with a couple of guys being injured, but yeah, they're back. A couple of them from suspension. Mm. Um, look, I, I think they they're going to be very hard to beat. Mm. Uh, although in saying that, you know, the Rabbitohs get Latrell Mitchell back, who was missing last week, and it was probably it didn't help their chances against the Broncos. At times, you know, they were just they were just lacking that that last blow. 
which I think Latrell Mitchell could have um, given um, to the Broncos, sure. you know, just on the end of their set plays and whatnot. And, Absolutely. And his combination with Walker, particularly on the left, just seemed a little bit out of sync. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, with him being back in the side now and just his physical presence, you know, that's his, that's his biggest weapon is his physical presence. Mm. You know, he's big, strong, powerful. He's got great, great skills. Mm. Um, you know, I think that will bolster the Rabbitohs side, but this is a team that they have not tasted victory in Melbourne. Wow. The Rabbitohs. Wow. And I and I and I think I think I, I checked some numbers earlier in the week. There's been 35 um, occasions where these two teams have played against each other, and the Rabbitohs won five. Mm. Five of those 35 wow. without a victory in Melbourne. Mm. So there's a plenty of uh, there's a bit of a hoodoo hanging over them. Mm. But um, look, I just think Melbourne are going to be a little bit too strong tonight. Do you think the Rabbitohs start of the season being as tough as it is? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, look, sometimes it can be a, a, a good thing, mm. you know, playing, you know, some some um, some quality teams straight up um, and, and on the road. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're first two on the road, um, you know, missing Luttrell, moving, new coach, mm. um, Adam Reynolds not being there. It's it's a bit of a time for them to adapt to yep. what is the new Rabbitohs. Mm. But... Um, it, yeah, it can it can be a good thing if if they make it a good thing. Yeah, okay. If if they if they don't get a couple of positive results early and they sort of dwell dwell on it a little bit and, mm. and worry about you know where they're sitting, it can be quite negative. But yep. if they use this little period to make the adjustments that they need to, to now you know be at their best a month in with mm. the new um, squad that they do have yep. and the new coaches, um, that can be a positive for them going into the season. What as a captain. You've got a guy like Cody Walker, who we know is incredible yeah. at attack. Like he is just yeah. amazing, yep. absolutely amazing. Do you feel if you're his captain, would you sit him down and say, "Mate, this is what we, you know, you need to change this or change that or stay the way you are"? What mm. would you say to Cody Walker on this year? Well, he probably needs to find some middle ground, I reckon, this year, particularly mm. without um, Adam Reynolds being there. Yeah, and as we know, like we seen last year, how good he was. Like he was, he was. Outstanding. If Tommy Turbo didn't have the year he had, mm. like we're probably talking about Cody Walker being the best player in the competition last year. Mm. So, um, you know, he he can't he can't forget the 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 style of play that he that he had last year and mm. and what gave him that that success and um, be confident in taking that to the field every week. But he's got to also understand that he's got a rookie seven now steering the ship, and you know he's going to make some mistakes. He's still learning. So he's got to adapt a little bit to now say, well, okay, well, I've got to take on a little bit more responsibility in running this team. Yep. I've got to take more responsibility of, of being composed in, in the tight moments. You know, if we get behind on the scoreboard, let's, mm. not, let's not be too crazy with some of the things we try and implement on the field. Let's yeah. just stick to our game plan, talk to the team, you know, make sure that you know, they're, they're all of, on the same page as everyone else. Mm. And then they play out their their game plan for the eighty minutes, and we we know that he's a he's a passionate player, and he plays on a on emotion. Yeah, and teams are going to come for him. Mm. They're going to come for him, mm. you know, to try and put him off his game because they know if they get to him, then they're going to get to the rest of the footy side. The, Absolutely, the footy team's not going to play as well. So he needs to be able to stay composed for the eighty minutes and and understand that you know he he doesn't have that experienced player in the seven jersey mm. like he's had the luxury of with Adam Reynolds. What about a guy like? Latrell, you know, from the Storm's perspective, you've played with GI, you've played against GI, mm. and, you know, they are very similar in just how incredibly 
such an incredible footy player. Yep. How would you go in game planning against a guy like Latrell? Because not <laughs> only is he a front rower that big at fullback, <laughs> he's so big and strong, yeah. but he actually has as good a hands as any half in the comp, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, and that's what I said. Like His, his, his weapon is his physical attributes and, yeah. and um, you know, speed, strength, size, and he's got you know, great hands as well. Mm. So to be able to come up with a game plan, your game plan is try to minimize the impact he has on, on the match. Mm. That's what you try and do. And, and that and the, that starts with your kicking. You know, the Storm have got to have a really um, smart kicking plan with the Rabbitohs tonight and, and to be able to put him into positions where it's gonna, he's going to find it hard to attack from. Mm. Almost identical to what Penrith did to um, Tommy Turbo in mm. round one where they almost took him out of the game mm. by, you know, kicking high to Saab, making Tommy take... Um, you know, the first carry out of corners. Mm. And, you know, it, he's always a threat. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to be harder for him to to threaten you when he's coming off his try line or 10-meter line every time he carries the footy. Absolutely. Now, Dragons v. the Panthers. Mm. Thoughts on this game? Do you think – did the Dragons show you enough to uh, have earned the tag of Smokey or did you need? do you need to see more from the Dragons? No, I think I was – we need to see a little bit more okay. Um, okay. from the Dragons, although the, you know the first up win was 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 promising. Smoky for the eight, that is not oh, Smoky to win. Oh, sorry, yeah, um, Smoky for the eight, eh, possibly, mm. possibly. It's a it's a long year, Kempi. Yep, um, it's a long year, and they they'll lose a couple of players throughout that Origin period. Mm. Um, but I was at the Penrith game Thursday night, and and wow, really impressed. Wow, particularly Sean O'Sullivan. I actually tipped Manly because. Um, Cleary wasn't there. So did I. Given given what we'd seen last year and mm. their struggles without him, mm. um, and that was even with Matt Burton. And we know Matt Burton wasn't available to take that spot in yep. the halves. But, uh, you know, Sean O'Sullivan was, was fantastic. You know, for a young man, I know, he's been around rugby league since he was you know, a toddler. Yeah. So he knows the game really well. Um, but I thought he just he played a, a just a very steady hand in, in that footy side mm. where there are plenty of stars. Mm. Um, but they it looks like they just they haven't missed a beat. Wow. And and I think a lot of people can be were looking for just that that slight drop in hunger mm. to be out there in the contest. Absolutely. And thinking, well, you know, Manly, they would have been disappointed with the way their season finished last year. Mm. They'll be they'll be out for a bit of redemption. Tommy Turbo's just he's he's a freak of a talent. Yeah. Um they got Daddy Cherry Evans there and a host of great players. They'll be up for this one, but Penrith, they just, it was like they just continued on. It's crazy. Even without Cleary um, yeah. being there. And, and yeah, they've lost, as I said, Matt Burton as well, who was one of their great players, Kurt Capel not being there. Mm. They just continued on from their grand final performance where they based their game and their win around their defense. Oh. They were they just suffocated Manly. Choked him out of it. Just, just oh. You could almost, honestly, watching it, yep. you could almost feel... The pressure building, yes. like it was just relentless. Yep. I, I, I would love to see their uh, their fitness training to see their ability for repeat sprint efforts. Yep. Their forward pack, yep. it might be the best in the comp. Yeah, and and they look fit too. Oh. They look fit like um, Dylan Edwards. Like Dylan Edwards ran for something like three hundred and sixty meters. Yeah, three forty four all up. Well, three forty four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, might have been on well, NRL stats three forty four, yeah. but Fox might have been different. like crazy. Yeah, crazy. Like for first up round, and he just—he's a machine. He takes hit ups on first tackles. He yeah. takes runs, you know, on third play. He's out the back of 
of uh, set plays on the left. He's out the back of set plays on the right on the next tackle. Like it's just, it just shows, you know, they've got their preparation right and they're ready to go. Mate, I'll actually ask you, I've got a really uh, important question with the Panthers after the break and also we'll, we'll talk about the Dragons a little bit more. But uh, make sure to text in, guys. Make sure to call in because we've got prizes for the best caller. Yes. We've also got uh, prizes, uh, massive golf pack as well. Yep. Massive golf pack. So call uh, 1300-01-1170-0457-736-736 to text in. We'll see you after the break and continue previewing the round. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Smitty and myself. We also have... Uh, Time for a new segment. Thanks to Bailey Ladders, worksite trusted for over 60 years. Let's break down which young players are climbing up the Bailey Ladder. Yeah, Kempi, it's always good to see the, the new faces mm. in the NRL, to see the new talent coming through. Um, and we'll start out with uh, Tyron Wishart, mm. son of the great Rod Wishart. Makeshift hooker. Makeshift has not played nine wow. all that much. Wow. And like this, I think this is... Again, we talk about the qualities of Craig Bellamy being coach and getting the best out of players. I think he just went to Tyron in the in the preseason and said, mate, have you ever played nine? He said, oh, no. Do you reckon you can? I'll have a go. Wow. And he, now he's played, um, he's made his NRL debut at nine and played majority of the match. He yep. played like 78 minutes. And played well. Played really well because he was really good in the in the preseason as well. Yep. Um, so, yeah, made his debut last week, 78 minutes in the middle. Um Great, great game by Tyron. So, well done, mate. That was really impressive. Um, Eels winger, Sean Russell. Hat-trick. Mm. Hat-trick. Hat-trick. First half hat-trick, sorry, uh, before he got injured. Yep. Actually, i got a little story. So, he broke his ribs and his lung collapsed. Copped a little whack in the ribs. A little whack in the ribs. Mm-hmm. I actually did the same thing, uh, and it was a similar situation. Uh, it was the most painful thing I've ever experienced. I got in, actually. So, I walked in under the tunnel after I broke my ribs and lung collapsed. Yes. And I was like, they thought that. I was being soft, so they were like, "Mate, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be, it shouldn't hurt that much. Like, it should just be cartilage. That's what they thought." Yeah. And I was walking around going, "Mate, I'm telling you, something's wrong. Something's wrong." Yeah. And they, they honestly just thought I was being soft. Anyway, so eventually I was like, "Look, you need a like, give me something. I'm stinging here." Yes. Anyway, eventually they got the, the ambulance there. They took me to hospital, and they, um, so I sat in the bed. They they took care of me or whatever. Yeah, you got a couple of broken ribs. All good. Go home. Next day, going to training. And I'm with uh, my ex-missus, so a thousand exes ago. Yes. And we're driving, and I start laughing. And I get a bit, I'm like, oh, man, I feel a bit weird. Anyway, go in. They're like, look, go get a CT scan because we just want to make sure it's all good. But we think you're fine. Get a CT scan, and I'm sitting there waiting for the results. Doctor comes running out. He said, mate, you need to get to hospital right now. You have a your collapsed lung. Yes. And if you weren't fit, you would have died in your sleep. What? And so, I, uh, yeah, I got taken to the hospital. I was in hospital three days. <laughs> hospital for three days. Can we name the people that were calling you soft? Mate, I can't name them, but when I walked off the field, they threw the bottle <laughs> on the ground. Like, <laughs> and I played 15 minutes against oh. the Warriors with the broken ribs and the collapsed lung. Who got you? Uh, uh, Rapati. I, I wanted to ask you because you, in those moments, you always remember who gets you. Yeah, he, he said sorry. <laughs> he tried to come in and say sorry. It was a complete accident. It was a complete accident. But, um, yeah, it was incredible. Well, there you go. So you know exactly what uh, what Sean Russell was feeling on the oh, weekend. Oh, mate. Hope he, hope he gets better soon, Absolutely, by the way. absolutely. Um, and, and lastly, uh, the third young player was Sean O'Sullivan. We t- spoke around him before. Yep. Um, he, yeah, led the, led the team around the park. Beautifully to a well, in the end, it was a commanding victory. Mm. Um, in the absence of the great Nathan Cleary, so well done to those boys, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that was thanks to Bailey Ladders bringing safety and efficiency to the work site for over 60 years. I tell you what, you're doing something right, 
if you've been doing it for 60 years. Wow, 60 that's years. Impressive. Uh, but yeah, the question I want to ask you about Penrith, Smithy, mm. are you seeing any similarities to the early years of the Melbourne Storm at the Penrith Panthers right now? Yeah, in some ways, Kempi, I do. Mm. In some ways, because they've got they've put together a group of players um, from a young age, mm. and they're all around like that similar age bracket yeah. where they're sort of, what are they, like from anywhere from sort of 21 to 25. Mm. So they've all come through the system at similar times, mm. which is a lot like what happened with us, you know, with myself and um, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, Ryan Hoffman, mm. Dallas Johnson, uh, Jake Webster. Um, you know, I'm leaving a few out because there was a lot of them, but but they, they built that group. Um, in a period of time where, you know, we got to play a lot of football outside of NRL. So, mm. like, we played in the feeder system in uh, the, in the Queensland, the, the Mighty Devils. The North Devils. So we got to play some time there in the under-19s competition um, mm. in 2001, and then we progressed through to Queensland Cup and then eventually um, in the NRL. But having had that time together, like, we, we played, like, two or three seasons together before we even reached NRL. That's so it. there was combinations formed mm even before we got to the Melbourne Storm. And I think that's that's what's happening now at Penrith where, mm. yeah, they've invested a lot of time in these young players to develop their games and develop combinations and bring them through. And so now they have a really strong connection and a strong understanding of each other's games and the way they play where it, it, it gets to a point where on the field, say, you know, for instance, so a Jerome Luai, um, and Nathan Cleary and, and Isaiah Yo in particular because they handle the football a lot for that for that footy team. Um, it's not just like they don't have to talk to each other at times. Yeah. It's it's sometimes it's a look, sometimes it's just body language of a movement of, of what's gonna happen. So when you have that type of connection within a footy side, mm. it just it benefits your team so much because things are automatic. Mm. You know, it's it's not play by play, what are we going to do now, trying to talk on the field, trying to communicate where we need to be, and there's confusion at times. There's no confusion for that footy yeah, side. Absolutely. It just it looks seamless, and you can see that in their, in their game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, watching even Queensland, I think it helped Queensland substantially because you guys had played so much together, and that's a scary thing for New South Wales mm. is that if you've got Jerome, yes. you've got Cleary, and you've got Yo playing footy together at club, yep. it just – it's tough to beat because – what you the, when Queensland won in a row, and this is from a fan's perspective, obviously, every time the pressure ramped up and it just looked like the pressure on the field was back and forth, back and forth. Queensland just went back into their system and just went through the. Whereas New South Wales seemed to go, "What are we doing? Who are we going to? Who's the leader? Who's going to kick the goal? All that kind of stuff." So, um, yeah, very, very good signs for Penrith and New South Wales as well. But after the break, we will go into an in-depth preview of the round. Make sure to text in or give us a call. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and myself. Now, let's get to the next game, mate. We've got Sydney Roosters versus Manly Seagulls. What's so interesting about this game yes. is you've got two premiership threats and favourites for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Starting the season 0-1, yes. and what is insane is there is going to be one of these teams that start the season 0-2. Wow. It's Could crazy. you imagine? Could you imagine? Well, 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 traditionally, Manly haven't been great yeah. um, starters, and, and they showed that last year. Mm. And also, um, the Roosters, the year they won it in, I think it was it 18 or 19, one of those seasons, like they, they had a really poor start as well. Really clunky. 18. Really clunky. 18 it yep. was. Yeah, 18. So, you know, and I, and I know watching the Roosters um, in those years, 
they they they're all about the the long game, yep. right? So they're not they're not trying to bank wins early. Although, mm. yeah, from my perspective, that that's the way I I like to mm. um, approach seasons is bank some early. Yeah. So you you put yourself in a good position going into the back end. Takes the stress away, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it does. It, and uh, you're not chasing any yep. games at the end of the year. <clears throat> but they they've shown that their approach is very different to a lot of other mm. clubs where they're happy to build into a season mm. and then make sure that they are at their absolute peak come finals time. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think after that first round loss for them in particular, I don't think they'll be panicked at all. Mm. Um, and Manly, maybe they think back to last year and think also, you know, we didn't start well, but we're there at the end. We were in the prelim. Mm. But if you don't start performing fairly early and get some wins, well, that that's, as you mentioned, can be like the pressure builds. Absolutely. And that's when, if, if you allow that pressure to get to you, the cracks start to appear mm-hmm. and then things become so much harder as the season goes on. Mate, what's really interesting about the, the, the Roosters is a lot of people aren't giving this enough, I guess, weight. Yep. When you look at Kiri, we automatically just go, Luke Kiri, of course he can play seven. Of course he can play seven. Yeah. But we have to remember... He went Cooper Cronk, mm-hmm. Kyle Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Kiri actually hasn't played that much seven no. at an NRL level. No. And he actually hasn't played any footy with Walker. Mm. So I not to say that Kiri can't do it at all. No. He's an elite level premiership winning three premierships. Yep. But it is not as easy as, oh, yeah, sure. It's just going to click together and Kiri's going to be a great seven leading the team around. No. It's going to take some time. Uh, it's going to. And, and like anything, it's, it's quite new to him. Mm. And let's not forget, like, He's he's had a whole season out. Yeah. So no matter the no matter how much work he's done at the back back end of last year when he was able to start running again and over the preseason, mm. um, it takes time. Mm. Like it's he spent nearly twelve months out of the game. So like it takes time to get get your groove back. Yep. Um, he's it's not it's not park footy. He's playing against you know the best some of the best players in the world. Mm. So it takes a little bit of time to get your you know, your sort of combinations and your timing back. Mm. Um, it's very different to you know, looking a million bucks at training mm. on the training oval and, you know, set plays are coming off here and there. But you get into a game, people are out there trying to, they're trying to, particularly as a half, like mm. the, the defensive players are out there to try and get a hold of him mm. and rough him up a bit. Um, you know, so timing, the timings go out. The combinations, he's building combinations again, um, you know, with particularly with like Tedesco and, and Walker. So, look, as I mentioned, I don't think Trent Robinson would be, be in panic stations no at all way. at the moment. Yeah, you know, mm. he knows he's got a, a great football side there that know how to win. Mm. Um, and if they do bank a couple, then they can turn that into sort of multiple wins consecutively. Mm. And you know that they could go on a good run. Absolutely. And I think you get if you watch the game, it's uh, you can see Robinson kind of tinkering. There's certain things like he's moving moving Joey Manu out to the the centers. I think Satili and Crichton swapped edges. Yep. Uh, so you can see him kind of realizing that, don't get me wrong, Roosters are not in a rebuild, but they're in a situation where they may have to change the way they play slightly, just yes. slightly, because yep. you've got two relatively small halves mm-hmm. uh, that haven't played together but are incredible at attack. Yep. But you wouldn't say that Kiri or Walker are very structured. No. And so where will they get their structure from? It'll probably be from Kiri, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. But what, what do you, Just quickly, yeah. um, Victor Adley. Right, Love everyone him. loves him. Right? He's a legend mm. and plays the game in a, in a manner I think a lot of people admire. Yeah, 
but he suffered another concussion on the weekend. Mm. What like what are your thoughts with with Victor? Does he have to change the style of his style of play? Mm. Like it's just because I fear I fear for him mm. that he he'll go down the same path as like a Bordy Cordner mm. or a Jake Friend, where they 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 had to retire because of the severe concussions that they multiple severe concussions. Mm. Uh, mate, it's it's a really good point because as you said, like I absolutely love the way Victor plays. Like if you Want to have a player that represents what footy's all about? It's Victor Adley, in my opinion, when it comes to a forward. Yeah, of course. And I actually, you know, a couple of weeks ago said, even though I love his big hits in defense, mm. he is so important to their attack. Mm. And the big hits, although they G the boys up, are they worth losing him in attack? Probably not. Mm. You know, mm. you can get line speed and still... Uh, tackle less aggressively yep. for your own safety. Yes. Uh, and the, the reason why he hurt, you know, his head. Now, I, I I don't know how bad the concussion was, but the problem is it's just the fact that he, you know, suffered a concussion con- according to the bunker. Yep. Um, and so the reason that happened was because of the aggressive way he attacked the tackle. Mm. And so I just wonder whether the conversation eventually comes like, Victor, we love your defensive stuff, but we just need you so desperately in attack. He actually, before he got injured last year, mm. out of every lock in the comp, he had the most line break assists, the most uh, yep. try assists, the most line break assists, the most touches of any forward in the comp. Yep. And so that's how important he is to the Roosters. Mm. Yeah, um, I, yeah, and I'm aware of that. I think a lot of people see yeah you know, the value he brings to that footy side. But the last thing you want to see is a quality person like him in our in our oh, sport yeah, for being sure. forced out mm, of it absolutely. because of the way he plays. Yeah. So, absolutely, I totally agree. You're totally right. Uh, you, you know, because he can eventually play Origin, he still hasn't, yeah. which is crazy to think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I want Victor to have the longest career he can have. Now, Manly Seagulls. Are you, the only Okay, so I understand they do start you know, slow, and I'm, I agree with that. They absolutely start slow, and there is no reason to panic whatsoever. Yep. The only difference this year is, though, they had an absolutely full-strength side. Yes. So do you think... Well, maybe, well, maybe apart from Dylan Walker not being on the yeah, bench. Yeah, outside of that, no. Full-strength side. Yep. Now, not only that, they did have the tag last year of struggling against the big sides. Mm-hmm. They come up against the big side again without Flat track bullies. They had that tag. <laughs> wasn't me. Wasn't me that said it. I didn't say it. Um, do you think that they are, if they lose this game, yes. does it scar them slightly for the, not? I know it's a long year. I absolutely know. Mm. But it's also not good to lose the first two games when you've got such a good side. Yeah. Well, I think it can mm. because the, the comments will come after this week if they don't play well. If the mm. Roosters turn up and play a good game and put pressure on Manly and mm. Manly don't aim up, well, the, yeah, the, the the criticism is going to come from for them again. Yeah. Now, last year they showed when they were playing the teams below them, mm. like they, they just blew them off the park. They were mm. putting 40 and 50 points on them. But when they played against teams like Penrith and Melbourne, um they they struggled mm. because these teams come up with strong game plans against them to minimise their their threats mm. like Tommy, um, like Daily Cherry Evans, mm-hmm. um, and and like Saab last week they had a they had a very smart um, kicking plan against them to kick high in behind Saab. City him underneath the ball so they had time for their defensive line to get down there mm. where he had no momentum. In, into the tackle, they they trapped him deep inside, yep. um, you know their their half, and just took them out of the game. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and and they and so when when they come up against teams with with very good game plans against them, 
they seem to struggle. Mm. And they don't, it's like they don't have a plan B or a plan C to fall back on. So this is, this, that's the challenge for Manly, mm. is when they come up against these you know, well-coached sides that, that have come up with strong game plans against them, what, what's, what's their go-to game mm. plan? Like they can't just expect to throw the ball to Tommy every time and say, mate, get us out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. They just can't do that. They, yeah. they need to be able to have, have a plan B, a C, and D for you know whatever um, situation they find themselves in. I just feel that with Manly, you know, from a fan's perspective, just watching the game the other night, I think that they need to – we understand their outside, their edge attack is fantastic. Although it can be shut down, it's still really good. I do think they need to work on their, their ruck attack yep. because that's how you deal with – uh, defensive lines that are flying off the line is, you know, a tip on here, a guy out the back here around the ruck, quick play the ball, go again. Yes. And so I just think that for the first 20 minutes, maybe they need to consider just playing a bit of footy around the ruck. Mm. And I, I totally understand that they lost their hooker um, uh, this year. Oh, sorry, last year. And, you know, Croker is learning his role. But anyway, we'll go to the break. And after it, we will continue previewing the round. Titans v Warriors. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Siff. Time now to look back in the week of sport and break down the best moments. We do that thanks to our friends at Best Sheds. Best Sheds actually hooked my old man up. He yes. absolutely loves it. So thank you so much for that, Best Sheds. Really do appreciate it. Best Sheds are now up to 40% cheaper. Yes, we love the people at Best Sheds. They are great people. But a um, couple, uh, couple of instances of, of um, best moments in sport this week. Mm. Um, the sportsmanship shown by... Kalma Tuolangi to help George Jennings. Did you did you catch that on the weekend, Kempi? Like, Mate, I did. He's, he's done his ACL mm. and um, they're locked in battle. But Kalma Tuolangi, he went over to George, picked him up off the ground, mm. helped him off the field. It's just that we love to see that in sport. Yep. Um, so well done to to Kalma. Um, outstanding, mate. And the second one was Kurt Capewell the, wow. for the mighty Brisbane Broncos. First game making his debut for the Broncos yep. in the NRL. Yep. Dabu as captain, mm-hmm. first time he's captain a, a, an NRL side, mm. and he kicks the winning field goal, first in his career as well. I actually saw the spirit of Darren Lockyer leave his body as he kicked it. That's what I saw. <laughs> Maybe there's something happening on the TV screen. That's what I saw. And in, the, in that time, he became the fourth second rower ever to wow. kick a field goal. He's the first since Braith and Astor. The great Braith and Astor. Braith. The big fella. The great man. Um, so that's our, our, our couple of... Um, uh, best moments of sport brought to you by Best Sheds. Remember, Best Sheds are up to 40% cheaper than the competition. Visit bestsheds.com.au. But we're coming up to a break, mate. But we've got a preview. Yes. The Titans-Warriors this week. Love it. Titans-Warriors. Now, a couple of big ins uh, for the for the Titans. Uh, well, one big in. AJ Brimson, he comes back into the side playing 5-8. Um, but some huge ins for uh, the Warriors. Ash Taylor, Reese Walsh, and Matty Lodge—they're all in for um, the Warriors playing their first up games. Ash Taylor, the return. What about that? What what yeah, about good. the chances of that? He, he's making his debut for the Warriors, mm-hmm. and it's up against his old team. He just left the Titans. Big can't, game. Can't wait for this matchup. But yep. um, I, I think the Titans for me. Mm. I think the Titans are going to be too strong. Um, I picked them for the upset last week against Para. They did. They fell just short by mm-hmm. four points. Um, 34-28, 32-28. Yep. That's four, isn't it? 32-28, yep. Um, and I thought at times, yeah, they, they showed some some good signs. Mm. Um, 
the coach wasn't overly happy with the match you know, through periods. There wasn't yes. a lot of defensive effort in the first forty. Yes, but um, it took some, it took three penalty goals from um, from Moses mm. uh, to seal the victory for Para. But uh, look, I think I think yeah, you know, I seen some really good signs from the Titans last week. Um, they they will do some good things this season, and I think they'll get it done against the Warriors. Really? Yeah, get it done. I think. So. I think with the Titans, the positive for the Titans is you know what your problem is. It's right there. Mm. Just sort the defense out, yep. and you could ch- challenge top six. Yep. You know, it's it's really that simple. The Eels are a toxic, top six side. Yep. They took it to them, and there was a few tough calls against them as well. Yep. And if I'm the Titans, you know, the interesting thing is Holbrook obviously comes from the Super League. Super League is very attack-heavy focused. Oh, absolutely, yep. And so if I'm the Titans, if they haven't already, I would just be strongly looking into a very good defensive coach if they don't, or maybe they already have a defensive coach. Mm-hmm. But – all they need to do is sort the defence, and that's yep. it. Reese Walsh, big Back. in for big in for the Warriors. Yes, Reese Walsh. He actually he was I think he grew up kind of on the Gold Coast as well, he, up and yes. down between mm-hmm. that and Brisbane. Huge in, mm-hmm. huge in for the Warriors. Where mm-hmm. do you think he? How do you think he goes? Oh, I think he'll be good. Um, he's a, t- a talented young fellow. You just got to get in, get in there and, and play a solid game. Like he played outstanding last year. Mm-hmm. Thought he's fantastic, um, and he's a Queenslander as wow. well. So hoping he turns up and plays really well, but. Just uh, just a reminder, everyone, big second hour coming up. Nathan Cleary, wow. Kempe, well, Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary, make sure to stay tuned, but uh, call in at 1300-01-1170 or text in at 0457-736-736. Stay tuned. Cleary is coming up soon. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Don't forget, up soon, the great Nathan Cleary will be on the show. But we have a caller, Murray from Castledine. Castledine, you there, Murray, mate? Yeah, good good morning, gents. How are you? G'day, Muzz. How are you? Yeah, real good. Hey, I'll set up the scenario, Cam. Yep. You're Jason Tomalolo's manager, okay? Yes. Now, he's he's lost his zest for the game at the moment, and he, I haven't seen him smile like the old Jason Tomalolo used to smile. Mm-hmm. All the team's going to come courting him, mm-hmm. and I reckon he'll be gone next year. You reckon? Now, yeah, for I reckon for sure. The body language—it's been—it was—it was there last year, and then it's again this day, this year. Yep. Now, with the words of uh, the advice given to Johnny Raper when he had to leave Newtown, yes, I, I remember uh, they said, "Do you want uh, Johnny? Do you want broken shoulders? You're doing all the work, all the work." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now, now, where would you advise him to go? Oh look! I think at the moment, I think the most important thing for for Jason is to find that enjoyment again, really, because as you, as you mentioned, yeah. he, he just doesn't look like he's out there enjoying footy, and and for whatever reason, you know, we're, we're not. No one else is a part of you know the the Cowboys um, in inside the Cowboys clubhouse, so we yeah. don't yeah. actually exactly know what's going on there. You know, it, it's been well documented about the changes that has been made to to Jason's game and minimising the minutes he's playing on the field. So that may be a part of it, but there could be some other stuff going on as well um, you know, in his life away from footy or things happening at the club. We're not sure. But but one thing that is for certain, it's not the same Jason Taumalolo that we've seen from pe- previous years, is it, Kempe? Like, he's just yeah. he's not that same style of player. It's just been a wrecking ball, a tear-away player that, that really opposition teams fear. Yeah, absolutely. Look, if I'm Jason Tamalolo's manager, uh, let's just assume let's assume that he's gone. Let's just to say that you know he parted ways and and whatever. I actually wouldn't mind him looking at a team like the Sharks or the Storm. Storm have obviously had a lot of turnover. We all know about their great system. Mm. 
But the Sharkies, for me, I just think that you get him down to that Sharks forward pack yep. and you get him in that front row position working with, you know, young Braley, Dale Finucane can teach him a lot as well. Mm. Uh, so they're the two teams I would probably aim at. Any Anything outside of that it would be quite risky in the sense that if you went to the Broncos, you don't know how they're going to go. Dolphins, you don't know how they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Roosters are already stacked in the forward pack, especially in that, you know, the front. I mean, in saying that, Hargreaves and that, May yeah. move on the next few years, but they're the two teams that really would stand out for me. And and I guess the one thing Murray that he has to weigh up to also is is there is there an opportunity to win a premiership if he moves? Is there a winner? Is is there an opportunity to win a premiership at the club that he's going to? What salary will he be on? Because if he goes to certain teams, like if he goes to Melbourne Storm, mm. he's not going to be on a million dollars. No way. It just I don't think they'll have the room in the cap because they got Munster, they got Hughes, they got Pappenhausen. Mm. I know they're losing a few players, the two Bromwich boys. Uh, as well as Felice Kafusi and Brandon Smith. Mm. I, d- I don't know if they'll have room for a million-dollar player at that mm. club moving forward, given that, you know, Jerome Hughes would like to extend as well. Mm. Munster's, Munster's their highest-paid player. They're, you know, there's some, some, some well-paid players at that club. If he's willing to take a bit of a, a pay cut and go to a team like the Storm, particularly if Craig Bellamy coaches next year, mm. well, there's a, a great opportunity for him to win a premiership. Absolutely. Mate, uh, thank you so much for calling in, Murray. Really do appreciate it. No, good on you, lads. Enjoy the show. Thank you. Thanks, Murray. Thanks, mate. Now, Mita, he's back. Mita from the Hunter Valley. He, you know, what I love is his persistence. You there, mate? Uh, yes, mate. Can you hear me? Yes, we got we him. We got him. Yeah. There you go, mate. Beautiful. Uh, good, gentlemen. Uh, first of all, a big fan of you two, lads. Though. Um, just yeah, stoked to be on the show. Um, haven't got much time. So mm. my question is, thoughts on moving the um, All-Stars game to New Zealand for a Every year. So this is a really interesting one. I, I want to get out of the way. Obviously, you know, not being Indigenous myself, uh, you know, I don't yep. want to speak for them or, or, you know, I know how important it is. Mm. But if, you know, just my opinion, looking at it and, you know, having visited New Zealand and, and you know, experiencing the multiculture, I would love for it to be in New Zealand. And I also think that if we are looking as a game to have a second New Zealand team, this is a really good opportunity to you know, take the game to young New Zealand boys and girls and, and try to grow it there because, as you know, you guys are incredible All Blacks. Your athletes are absolutely amazing. So I, I think it's a fantastic idea, and I think the crowd you'd get would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, mate, you've hit it like happy on the head. I've, I've got so many questions, but not enough time, but you've, you've spoken about the crowds, you've spoken about the Indigenous culture, about expanding the game. Um, it, it's all just... It's all positives for me, and um, this is my call out to Dan Arrell. I hope you guys can get the game across there because obviously New Zealand, yeah, they really appreciate the modern culture, but the Australians don't understand that the Australian Indigenous, they will be so highly respected over there and welcomed. It would be so beautiful for Australian league uh, supporters to yeah, witness that, you know, watch the entire yeah, cultural build-up over, over a couple of weeks. It would be just unreal. Mate, totally agree. And a great question. Yeah. Really appreciate it, right mate. On, Enjoy your day, mate. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. So, now, on to uh, we'll preview the round. Uh, we've got some fantastic games coming up. We've got uh, the Newcastle Knights versus the Tigers, if, if, if I recall correctly. That's the next game. Mm-hmm. Or No, sorry. No, apologies. Cronulla Sharks versus the Parramatta Eels. What do you got, Smithy? Uh, yeah, well, we, we had high hopes for Sharkies mm. um, this year. Um this is this is going to be played. This is a first game Saturday, and and I think, look, Parramatta they they scraped home. They did what they had to do yeah. against uh, the Titans. Um, Sharkies have they've named an unchanged squad um, from round one, and mm. they lost to Canberra. And and it took 
a big effort by the Raiders to yeah. to win that one. They they sort of stole it off them in the in the dying moments of that match. Um, this will be a good game. Uh, look, I, I think I think Para just yeah okay okay. Um, and listen, I'm I'm not I'm not death riding Parramatta here for all of our Parramatta fans because I tipped Titans first up in, <laughs> in the upset, but I think Para just. Yeah, okay. I've seen some good signs. Like I know we've only seen the one game, mm. uh, but Sharkies were Sharkies were pretty good. Um, but again, I, I think Parramatta will beat them. Yeah. Okay. Will beat them. I think for Sharkies now it's going to seem a bit weird because they played Raiders and they lost to the Raiders. So it's like, well, if they lost to the Raiders, how could they test themselves against the Eels? Mm-hmm. But I feel like this game for the Sharkies is so important to say to yourselves, where do we sit? Yes. Yeah, is the yeah, hype yeah. real? Mm. Can we go with the, the top-tier teams yep. and really take it to a Parramatta Eels? So I'm actually tipping a, a, a banger of a match. Yep. I think it's going to be fantastic. I think the forward packs are going to go at it. I think Nico Hines is in for a big game. I really liked what I saw there. Uh, I think Para Eels, we know they can attack. Uh, what's really interesting is it's, they seemed like they flipped their problems. You know, before they yeah. struggled to score points, <laughs> now they're struggling to defend. Mm. Um, so hopefully, if they can sort their defence out, I know we got a text earlier about you know could it be their year? He's a fan. He doesn't believe it is. I actually believe that if it is going to be a year, this is the year because as we spoke about earlier, Smithy, that spine now has had three or four years to play together, mm-hmm. and obviously they lose Reed next year. Yeah, he's gone. Doggies. And Dylan Brown. In the trials, I don't know why he was moved to centre against the Titans. Actually, what's really interesting about that Titans game, Smithy, is they brought on... So one of the centres... Oh, the winger got injured, Russell. Yes. They brought on uh, Arthur, who is a half, Mm. but moved Brown out to the centre. And after Arthur came on, uh, Parramatta didn't score a single try for the rest of the game. Mm. And all five of their tries were down Dylan Brown's side. So I don't... I hopefully... Arthur, you know, sees that and goes, yes. okay, maybe we need to keep Brown in that six role. Yep. Uh, because in my opinion, Brown's the key. We know Moses is going to do. He's going to be a great half. We know what Gutho's going to do. But if, if Brown can bring that attacking finesse that they need, that extra punch, yep. that's how they play well. Yeah, well, he, he'll he'll stay at six because Wanga Blake's he's going to go to the wing. Yep. Um, Tom Opacek, he comes back into the centre. So Ooh. it's a really... It's it's a it's a specialist position really, like mm. playing on an edge in the centres, and particularly in defence. Mm. If you don't spend time there at training, you know it's really hard to. They got to make so many decisions mm. on on you know uh, when plays coming their way. You know, do they move up? Do they do they make a decision to jam in on a ball runner, mm. cut the ball off? They need to double defend, which means. You know, when you see those block plays with a with a player sweeping out the back, that's usually in and around the centers mm-hmm. and the halves, where they have a they have a straight runner running at their inside shoulder, trying to hold them up with a fullback sweeping around the mm. back. So they've got to make those decisions on the run: who to defend, which player do I take? Mm. So you know, with Brown being out there on the weekend, he probably struggled a little bit mm. in making those decisions. But you know, they've they've made some changes there, which will which will work for them because it's worked for them last year. You know, Alpacek played a fair bit of footy. Wonga Blake's He's he's accustomed to playing on the wing, so mm. um, I, I think they're going to be a little bit too strong for the Sharkies. Really impressed with um, with Nico Hines. I mm. thought he did a pretty good job playing at seven in his first game. Really, yeah. has the main man. Yep. Um, he set up a try um, in that game, so he's just going to go from strength to strength. Now, North Queensland Cowboys versus Canberra Raiders, seven thirty-five at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Mm. Thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, interesting. Um, Josh Hodgson hurt his knee, unfortunately, again. 
um, not as bad as he did a couple of years ago mm. where he did the ACL. I think this one might be just a – is it a meniscus? Yeah. Four, four, six weeks, something like that, no, maybe? No, t- two to four weeks. Oh, two to four yeah, weeks. Two oh, to four well, weeks. that's great news yeah. for him. Great news for the Raiders. Um, Tom Starling comes to him. Tom Starling's a, he's a great player. Absolutely. Um, but big in for, for the Cowboys. Uh, big Macca, Jordan McLean. Um, he's in for Tanoa Brown. Um, Cohen Hess, he's starting a prop. Big fella. In the middle. The big boy. Yep. Um, I'd, I'd like to think that... I'd like to think that the Cowboys will win this. Mm. Now I don't know. Like I don't know if you've seen much of the Dogs Cowboys game last week. It, it was, was tough. Like let's be fair. Like it was. It was a little bit hard watching at times. Yeah. Um, Ten points scored in the game, and and I'm I'm not I'm not a huge fan of blowout matches where we need to see tries and tries mm. and tries. But there wasn't a lot, whole lot happening. No. Doggies getting away with the victory, um, but they're playing at home. They're they're up at Country Bank Stadium, so you know they need to get this one in the bag. Absolutely. They really do. Oh man, the problem is, is I, I actually really liked what I saw from the Raiders. Yeah, I really yeah. liked what I saw yeah. from the Raiders. Now, yeah. a negative for the Raiders is the young Brad Schneider, who I thought, outside of one or two errors, had a really good uh, debut game. Yep. Uh, Matt Frawley comes in; he knows the system. I thought mm-hmm. Whiten played vintage Whiten. Yep. He played some of the best footy he's played, which yep. is really good to see from the Raiders. I actually think the Raiders are going to go up there and get the job done. You get, they're going to get them. Yep, I think so. Yeah. I, I just didn't see enough of the Cowboys. There was no. Yeah, I just that, didn't no, see enough. Cool. I just didn't see enough, and I want them to. Being a Queenslander, I would always mm. prefer the Queensland team to win. Yep. I just, it just for a team with so many attacking weapons, mm. they didn't seem dangerous. Didn't fire a shot. Yeah, it was it was just bizarre. I, maybe it was the wet weather. Mm. Maybe it was the new uh, combinations. I actually think I understand that they selected Dearden because of his defence. Yes. And I would keep Dearden there because he actually was one of their best players. In I was going to say he he was one of the yeah. more impressive players. But I think you've got to have drink water on the bench. I think you've got – he's yeah. such a good attacking player. They need attack. Yep. Or you've got to get Hamiso back to the wing mm-hmm. or centre mm-hmm. and get drink water at fullback, in my opinion. Yeah. We mentioned that last week on the show. Mm. Like, we were quite surprised that yeah. uh, Drinky wasn't included mm. um, in, in the in this footy side, given his, his X factor mm. um, that he can bring to the, to the team where, you know, he can – he's a great mover – uh, on the field, like he's got, he just glides across the field. He's got a great, he's got great footwork. He's got a nice crisp pass on him as well. Yeah, he can hit wingers from twenty five meters away on the chest on the fly um, and put them over for for four pointers. But um, mm. yeah, it's a little bit of a surprise that he wasn't there. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm hoping that they turn up and play oh, just a, a a better style of footy this week yep. and 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 really. You know, put one on for the fans. And back to the Tam- Tamalolo question. In the first half, I think he played about 26 minutes. Where oh, His first stint. Yeah, 26 minutes. Uh, he, eventually, in total, he played about 55 minutes. Yeah. I just... I know Peyton clearly has a plan. Obviously, he had a plan. You know, yep. he'd work his ass off. You know, yep. m- massive respect for Peyton. Yep. But I'm just struggling to see how you can't use Tamalolo more. I just don't yeah. understand. Well, yeah, it's... If you're paying someone that much money, if you're paying someone a million dollars, I'd think, wouldn't you want them to have more, more output than 26 minutes in the first half? In the first half, round like, one, like we've we seen him terrorize um, game, like teams and games. He just absolutely dominated games on his, you know, breakout seasons where you mm. know he shared a, he won a Delian medal. Crazy, going back a few years. Mm. Um, like he w- he was playing close to eighty minutes. Yeah, close to eighty minutes a mm. game. Now mm. you know again, 
like I said earlier, we don't know exactly what's going on up there. Is he fit enough? Yeah. Uh, what what physical condition is he in? I'd like to think if, if if I was in his position, I want to be playing as much game time as possible. Absolutely. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll see. I think everyone's just waiting for him to be out there and 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 having big minutes and having a big say on the outcome of the match for the Cowboys. Mm. It's just interesting because. I understand you've got to have systems and you're trying to build something for the future. I totally understand that. But sometimes you've got to bend the rules within your own system. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you've got to look and go, okay, I have a system. I'm trying to build towards a future and I'm trying to set these kind of standards. But at the same time, sometimes there's a player that shouldn't be bound well, by anything. They're an exception. They're an exception to, to the this. rules. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I just feel like Tamalola is, is that. I think yeah. that, yes, I understand that uh, – Todd Payton has a game plan in place where certain players come on at certain times and yes. they come off and they need to do certain things. But the beauty about Tamalolo is he breaks defensive systems yes. apart. apart. Yep. So you need him on as, as much as possible. So it's really interesting what's happening in Cowboy, uh, up at Cowboys. And uh, I, hopefully, I hope they can get a win because I, I would hate to start seeing pressure on Payton yes. and, and all yeah, of right. that carry on. Because he's a great coach. Absolutely. He's a great coach. He proved it at the Warriors. He proved it yep. at the Warriors. Um, so, look, I am going to tip Canberra, though, Yes, to get the win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that if there is a time to get the win, it's North Queensland. This is the week to bounce back after a, such a disappointing week uh, last week. But we are going to go to the break. Don't forget, guys, Nathan Cleary is coming on the show uh, later on in this hour. Make sure to text in 0457 736 736 or call in 1300 01 1170, and I'll see you after the break. Welcome back to the Captain's Run right here on 1170 SEN. Make sure to download the app if you want to listen to it later and all across the SN network. Let's discuss our sporting highlights of the week thanks to Schnitz, home of the fresh, golden, handcrafted schnitzel. Now, my nomination Mm -hmm. for this week is Tom Brady backflipping on his decision to retire from NFL and return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What's doing? What is Adam doing? What is doing there? Like, mate... You know what? He got home. He got antsy. He saw the boys get back to preseason probably. Crazy. And he said, I want to be a part of that. Does he go back or does he – because he's got his own training facility at his house. Wow. Wow. He's got his own like um, uh, like uh, meeting room, like theatre, wow. where he takes like his like offensive line and talks about, you know, some set-up plays and some audible, so, audibles and similar, things like this. Similar to your place or <laughs> – No. No. Um <laughs> But yeah, like he's got his own like training facility. That's crazy. Like he's got his own physio and high performance dude, and it's like a club at his house. He doesn't have to turn up to training until like round one. He just zooms in his session. Just puts a good on him. Like he's the goat. Like get him back. Oh yeah, he's awesome. Absolutely. I love. You know what I love about it, Kempy, is that there would have been so many people out there just Mm. going, "Yes, he's gone. Absolutely, finally he's gone." All the all the Brady haters. Yeah. But now he's back just to torment him again. Oh man. Good on him. Absolutely. Absolutely. What have you got um, here? Well, my nomination, mm. um, I can't go past Craig Bellamy. Mm. Um, tonight he becomes the fourth coach in history Wow! Um, to coach 500 NRL matches. Um, just a, a, a wonderful achievement uh, to be able to do that. Three others, Wayne Bennett, uh, Brian Smith, and Tim Sheens. Yep. Two of those guys, funnily enough, Craig started his coaching career under. Wow. Well, sorry, he, he played... He played. He was coached by Wayne Bennett, mm. um, and he was coached by Tim Sheens as well. Uh, and then Tim Sheens actually gave him his first coaching opportunity. 
No way. With the, I think it was like the under, it was like the twenty ones or twenty threes, whatever it was back in the day at the Raiders. Mm. Wow. So, so good little backstory there. Um, but yeah, tonight becomes uh, the five hundredth. Sorry, not the five hundredth. The fourth coach in NRL history to coach five hundred games, and he's done it so well for those five hundred. So. Good on you, Belly. Wow. I mean, you don't want to be the 500th coach. That's not a big deal then. How far away is that, you reckon? <laughs> the 500th so the, coach? The game's been, oh, been played mate. since 1908 and there's been four, so work that out quickly, all our mathematicians. I'll tell you what, a thousand years in the future, it's turned into touch footy. <laughs> and uh, you're not allowed to swear <laughs> on field. You're not allowed to do anything. Matter of fact, we just talk about playing against each other. We yes. just talk about it. Uh, but got the winning taste right now. Schnitz, handcrafted schnitzels, made fresh and made just for you. Now, on to the preview of Newcastle versus West Tigers. How are you feeling about this round, Smithy? Uh, look, I'm really impressed. As we said off the off the top, mm. I was really impressed. This is one of the teams I was most impressed with, actually, um, Newcastle. Very good, um, very good first hit out. Um, you know, played some played some really entertaining footy actually mm. uh, against a, a powerhouse in the Roosters. Uh, West Tigers played a played a Melbourne Storm side that was uh, you know lost a few players early. Um, were right in it, like they were, they were leading at half time and and they did some wonderful things to be there, mm. but just you know fell in the heat when it mattered. Yeah, um, the Storm just showed their class when it mattered in the dying stages and, and got home. Um, I, I think Newcastle. I think they showed some good, really good signs round one, um, and I think they'll be they'll be specials. Mm. I think they'll be specials. They're back at home. They're, mm. they're playing um, up in Newey against West um, on Sunday, and I, I think they're specials to take this out. Now, what I love about the Newcastle Knights is Adam Clune. Hasn't he Clooney. been such a good buy for the club? He, well, well, we discussed this last week, and he said, and you you said about the the trials mm. and how. Yeah, we got to watch a, a few of the young fellas running around in the in the, in the trials um, in the preseason, and, and you mentioned he was one guy that yep. stood out to you. Absolutely, and he was very good on the weekend. Really, he just gave them the direction that they needed. Yep. And what was really interesting, and what I really appreciated from Kalen's game, mm. is that it would have been very easy for Kalen to go. I need to do everything. Give me the ball, thirty touches. Give me. The, I just need the ball, and yes. I'm going to be the one to, I guess, take us to the promised land, if you would. Yeah. But he showed a lot of maturity to step back and allow Clune to do what he want. Yep. And and like Kalen Ponga has you know basically no ego. He's he's a very no, chill no, guy. No, he is. Yep. And it's actually really important for the club that he does allow that. Mm. He allows Clune to do what what he needs to do. Yep. And it would be very easy for a superstar player to go, hang on a sec, Clune. Like you've only played five games. Yep. You don't know what we need to do. I've been at the Knights for a few years, and mm. I actually really appreciated that side yeah. of Kalen's game. You know what that is, mate. You know what that is. It's trust. Mm. It's trust in your teammate and showing him that, mate. I, I believe in you. Yeah. I believe in your abilities to go out and 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 do what, you know, fulfil your role in the footy side. And, and for someone like, for like uh, Clune. That that would be enormous mm. for to look at a bloke like Kalen Ponga. Yeah, he's the captain. He's your superstar of the footy side. But for him to look over you and, and just say, "Mate, do your thing." Absolutely. That's that's that does his confidence wonders. Yeah. So I can only imagine that you know he's going to build on that mm. throughout this uh, throughout the course of this year. Could you imagine a scenario where I told you before the season started, a Knights team where Kalen Ponga doesn't star is going to beat the rate Roosters no. and beat them convincingly? No. It's impressive. Yeah. Another man I want to bring up is Clifford. 
I can't believe how good he played. <laughs> he was fantastic. Well, well, he he's been he's been touted as this young superstar, hasn't mm-hmm. he? You know, from uh, North Queensland, and uh, he made the move mid-season mm-hmm. down to down to Newey. Yep. Um, so he's always had this uh, potential, mm-hmm. you know, to to be. Uh, uh, a, a great player in our competition, and I think now we're just seeing, you know, the the fruits of of being down there, building some combinations over this preseason, and yeah, you know, he's he is a wonderful player for that club, and he's going to be a wonderful player for our competition for years to come. Absolutely, I, I mean, I was so stoked for the Newey Knights to see them play so well. Make sure to call thirteen hundred oh one eleven seventy. Or text 0457-736-736 and stay around. Nathan Cleary coming up very soon after the break. We'll continue previewing the round. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Got a few texts here. Got a few texts. Morning, fellas. Just wondering if anyone at the AFL last night knew <laughs> that the GOAT of Rugby League was there hanging with Cameron Smith. <laughs> wow. The GOAT. Thank you. Thanks, James. Big goat, Corey. Kempe. <laughs> okay, now we've got another question here. Do you guys think we'll see a 40-plus-year-old in the NRL era, like the eternal, the eternal Tom Brady. Yep. Nathan Cleary, if his body holds up, I could see him just being an organiser and playing in a dinner suit in his 30 yeah. with a fresh bunch of juniors. Thoughts? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, look, to say it's impossible, that's that'd yep. be wrong to say that because you just never know. But, look, I, 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 it'd be very hard-pressed to find a four-year-old playing in our game oh, because you gotta, you got to remember, like, there's nowhere to hide in, in rugby league. Because there are, t- there's two parts to our game. Mm. There's attack and there's defence. And if you're on the field in a rug- in a rugby league match, you have to do both. Now, with all due respect to Tom Brady, he he is he's the goat, mm. and I love him. I've really enjoyed his career. The 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 best thing for him is that he doesn't have to make tackles, mm. and rarely does he get hit. Like yeah. how many times would he get tackled in a game? Five times, Very rarely. six times, and maybe the impact get hit. Is minimal. Like- yeah, and there's so many rules around tackling quarterbacks now like mm. they're very much protected mm. um yeah having having not played in an NFL game <laughs> commenting on this but but you know like I, th- I think the beauty for for Tom Brady is that he doesn't have to make tackles mm. and you know you just you cannot underestimate the toll that that takes you know the contact the collisions the hits and it's not just in games when you when you're making tackles and and you're getting tackled you have to you have to practice those things during the week. Absolutely. So you're doing that nearly every day of your life while, mm. while, you're, um, while your playing career is, um, is still going. Yep. Um, so, you know, I think that's why Tom's playing so long. Um, do, do you think we're going to see a 40-year-old in our, in our game? Probably, mm. probably not. Probably not. I mean, a few blokes look like they're 40-year-old, that's for sure. Yeah. A few blokes running around that, uh, I mean, when they're 40, they're going to look 60. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm telling you, some rough heads out there. And that's yes. coming from a bloke with a rough head, so I can say that. <laughs> now, let's preview Broncos v. the Doggies. Yep. What do you got here, sweetie? Uh, uh, well, again, back-to-back um, impressive teams. Uh, just coming off the Knights, I was, in, again, impressed with uh, the Broncos. Adam Reynolds returns, so that's only going to make them even stronger. Surprised, actually, that Albert Kelly Got the nod to mm. partner him in the halves. Mm. I, I thought, um, given Billy Walters played on the left hand side last week, he may have kept that position mm. and was threatening every time he got the footy. Um, but Kevy Walters has opted for Billy to go to the bench, and, and I think the reason for that is that for his utility value, like yeah. he can he can play in the halves, but he can also play in the middle. Absolutely. He can play nine. So I think um, 
Jakey Turpin will start the match there mm. and um, at nine. And then when he gets a little bit tired, um, I think you'll see Billy Walters uh, go on and replace him in the middle of the field. Yeah, I, I can't see him. I can't see him going on for Albert Kelly no. and Albert Kelly going into the middle. Although he played in the middle in the All Stars match, true, um, and played quite well there. Uh, I think it'll be a straight change with um, uh, with Billy and Jakey Turpin in yep. the middle, and they'll just keep that 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 combination on the edges for the 80 minutes. What about the doggies? Oh, look, oh, I think they're going to have to play out of their skin mm. um, to, to beat this this footy side who, you know, showed great signs last week against the Rabbitohs. And, and mm. I think, to be honest, if the Broncos turn up and play the way they did against um, the Rabbitohs this weekend, I, I think they could really put a score on. Yeah, wow. Oh, I do. I, I think they can put a real score on the mm. doggies. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, Adam Reynolds' first game is he going to have the confidence to just fully control that team? Like, he's the man. And I, I think he will, but yep. it is going to be interesting to see that. Uh, I think Albert Kelly, although Walters also played really well, mm-hmm. I think there may have been an element of loyalty in the sense that Albert Kelly was, you know, part of the squad all yes. preseason, last season. Yes. And I yeah, agree with you true. as well. Yep. Like, Walters is a really good utility. So if Albert Kelly doesn't play well, Walters is there ready to go. Mm-hmm. But it also gives him an opportunity to be a backup hooker if Turpin doesn't really, you know, kick on. Yep. So it actually gives them more options by putting Walters there. So I agree with you there, Smithy. Um, but we have uh, a break coming up. Mm-hmm. And after that break, Ooh. we have Nathan Cleary on the show to break down all things Penrith Panthers. Uh, make Can't sure to wait. call in 1300 01 1170 or text in 0457 736 736. And after the break, we'll come back with Nathan Cleary. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Now, as we've promised all... Uh, all episode. And I was a bit worried. Maybe Cleary said, mate, B, get out of me life. I'm not even going to take call. But he did take our call. We've got Nathan Cleary on the line. How are you going, brother? The great man. Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Mate, I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream, especially now I've got you on the phone. Now, what's it like out in Penrith at the moment, mate? You obviously had the incredible win last year. Fantastic performance last week. I mean, is what's the feeling like out there in a new year after you've won the premiership? Yeah, it's really good. Um, you know, to be honest, it's it's pretty similar feel to how we came in last year. Um, everyone's still pretty hungry to, to try and get better. Um, you know, obviously, being able to win a premiership was a lot of our dreams, and um, it was a great thing at the time. But yeah, we're pr- pretty uh, we've kind of moved past that now and looking to towards uh, yeah, just improving. And we feel like there's a lot of improvement from last year. Um, yeah, where we can get better and kind of showed that in the first round. The boys were on fire and, and played really well and showed that um, that hunger's still there. Yeah, they they certainly did, Nath. They, they were very impressive in the first week without you, and and many many well experts of the game, they thought they thought Manly were were going to take that opportunity with you not being in the side, um, and obviously Matty Burton moving on and Kurt Capewell, they thought it was a great opportunity for Manly to win that first start. But how impressive was the team, and and what did you take out of that that win? Yeah, it was very impressive. Um, I think especially coming off that, that trial game, um, you know, I think it was probably a bit of a kick up the backside for, for a few yeah. of us and um, you know, just kind of made us realise that, um, yeah, teams aren't just going to roll over. We've got to work hard and, and build the foundations and um, it all comes back to teamwork. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of it just little things and um, a lot of energy and, and, yeah, just working hard for each other. And, um, yeah, I thought we did that really well against Manly. Had a, um, you know, Shawnee obviously coming in. I thought he was enormous. Um, he mm. fit the role perfectly. He, he di- directs the team around really well, and his kicking game was 
was ultimately what got us a lot of field position and um, kind of took Turbo out of the game, which was obviously a big focus for us. So I think a lot of what we do kind of bases around our defence and teamwork and working hard for each other. And, you know, I think that's what really set the platform um, last Thursday night. Yeah, there was a lot said about Sean O'Sullivan's game. Did you spend a, a fair bit of time with him in, in the preseason, just, you know, building his game and g- giving him an understanding of how the team operates, you know, obviously knowing that you weren't going to be there for the first few matches? Yeah, you know, we spent a lot of time um, together. You know, Sean is a great bloke, but he's also um, very footy keen. He's got a great footy brain on him. So a lot of it, um, you know, I didn't didn't have to teach him a whole lot. It was just kind of, um, you know, what our structures were like and, and where he needs to be at certain times. And, you know, he, he's one of those blokes that's constantly asking questions, constantly wanting to learn. And, you know, I think that's been a real benefit for him. Um, coming to the system, he's already learned a lot, but he's bought into everything, um, you know, that we're about. And, you know, that showed again in his game. He, he absolutely killed it. Mate, uh, your old man's uh, development as a coach has been incredible. Like the, the 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 improvement in how good he is as a coach. He's one of the best in the competition now, and I, I honestly don't think he gets enough raps. But mm. seeing him, you know, early in his career, he had a lot of early success, and he was considered this young gun coach that was going to you know kick on and do great things. And then he went and you know really learned his craft, and now he's come and he's kind of fulfilled that p- potential that we all knew he had. What's it been like watching him grow as a coach? Because we often forget that coaches are learning too. Yeah, it's been a um, pretty crazy journey. Um, obviously, you know, us as a family have been following him around since he's been coaching and, um, you know, kind of ride the wave with him. But now actually being um, able to work alongside him and just seeing how hard he works. And I think the best thing about him is, you know, he's he himself is never content. He's always trying to get better and he's, he's constantly saying that, you know, he's still learning things um, today. So I think that's, that's a good trait to have. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing he's probably brought into this team is just you know the, the culture is so important um, everyone buying in and, and having a real team focus um, rather than themselves and uh, that kind of sums him up as a bloke too so yeah it's been really cool to see him develop and obviously last year was pretty special for the both of us but yeah, um, yeah it's been pretty crazy Nate, how do you go with the old boy if if the team hasn't played well on the weekend or you don't have a you have a bit of a bludger of a day at, at training how, how does it go at home mate Mate, I'm just avoiding him at all costs. <laughs> I don't go near him until the, the next day when I train. <laughs> now, uh, Nath, I know you're a bandwagon NFL fan. I know that for a fact. Oh, please, please. <laughs> Speak to me about Tom Brady being back. Speak to me. Thoughts? Nah, I, I think it's pretty cool. It, it's, um, you know, I kind of had a feeling that he, he wasn't going to be able to give it up just there, especially the way he went last year. He's killing it, so... Um, yeah, you know, it's obviously just one of those blokes that, you know, he's just, yeah, he's just that good that he, he can't give it away. Um, I'm excited to see how he goes this year, though. Now, we had, we had a, a text message actually just before, Nath, about whether we thought anyone would reach 40 years plus in the NRL. <laughs> now, if there's one man to do it, surely you may have an opportunity to get there. What, Mate, I thought you were going to What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know. The, the way my body is at the moment, I feel like I'm already 40. So, <laughs> a long way away. But, um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see how we go. How's, um, how is the shoulder actually going for all the, all the listeners out there? Are you, are you tracking really well for round four, I think, you, you penciled in for? Yeah, it's going really well. Um, obviously, just wanted a couple extra weeks to just try to get some more confidence in it uh, in terms of mainly just tackling and, and getting some sort of contact conditioning back into it. So, still just mm-hmm. progressing through those stages and um, yeah, looking pretty good for round four at the moment. But, um, yeah, just see how we go over the next two weeks. 
And, and this year, you know, you have such a complete game, mate. But I know how humble you are and you're always learning. You know, your kicking game last year was crucial to winning. Your defense is fantastic. What specifically are you working on as a player for this season? Yeah, I still think um, as a whole, I'm just trying to evolve as a player in every aspect. Um, I still feel like I've got a long way to go um, in all, all aspects of the game, um, particularly uh, in leadership. I think that's something that I've just sort of taken on board the last two years and, and become um, I'm sort of trying to become accustomed to it. And I still feel like there's a long way to go for both me and Yoey in, uh, in that department. But also just as a ball player, I think that's saying that probably didn't come naturally to me um, growing up. And, yeah, just been constantly working hard at that. And lucky I've got a lot of good people around me to, to help me out. And, um, yeah, I still feel like, yeah, just sort of scratching the first surface with that stuff. And, yeah, a long way to go. What uh, I found really interesting about this year, I, I'm not sure, was it a conscious decision that, you know, after the, the grand final loss and it was devastating and, you know, very easy for a player to kind of go in his shell and, and, and you really didn't, you, you know, you came on my podcast and you, you did the rounds and really got on the front foot of, you know, just speaking to the fans and that. And this year, what I love so much, bro, is that you, you kept that same energy. You, you still did the same thing. Did you make it a point of, is it something you've learned over the years of like, it's not as good as you think it is, but it's also not as bad as you think it is. You've got to keep to the process. Was that a, a conscious decision for you? Yeah, it's probably saying that um, I had to learn pretty quickly. Um, obviously, came into the NRL at a pretty young age and um, so I just kind of get smacked in the face with all this outside sort of stuff that comes with it. Um, I think the mental game is probably the, the hardest part, definitely, uh, of playing in the NRL. So, you know, I think I just, just learned as I went and, you know, I think giving back to the fans and um, giving back to the people that that kind of gives so much to the game is, is very important. And, you know, it makes it sort of, you know, as important as a footy game is, there's also a lot more to life as well. So I think just kind of having that mindset that, especially when something bad happens, you, you actually can't change it, but you can you can change the way you, you see it into the future and, and your perspective of it and how it can help you going forward. And yeah, after losing the grand final, that was a, a big thing for me. Um, just knowing that I couldn't change it, but I could, you know, use that to fuel me and, and learn and, um, yeah, it was no different uh, after winning one last year. So just trying to have that mindset um, constantly, no matter whether a good thing or bad thing happens. Um, and, yeah. Well, thanks, Nath. We really appreciate your time today, mate. We know you're busy. We, you're getting yourself right. We, you're getting your shoulder right for round four and wish you all the best for the rest of the year. Thanks very much. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. What a show. Now we're going to give you a rapid fire, our tips. Storm versus Rabbitohs. Storm. Storm. Dragons versus Panthers. Penny. Panthers. Roosters versus Manly. I'm going to go Manly. I'm going Roosters. Titans versus Warriors. <laughs> Titans. I am going to go Titans. Sharkies versus the Eels. Uh, Eels. Eels also. Cowboys versus the Raiders. Come on, cows. Something, please, boys. I'm going Raiders, unfortunately. I'm going Raiders. Knight v. the Tigers. Uh, Newey to back up their first round form. Mate, Newey, I think, are going to get the win here. Doggies versus Broncos. Broncos by a canter. Did Let's you see what I used there? A canter. A canter. Broncos. Mate, hey, Horse, canter. No, no pun intended. There was no pun intended. That's the level he's working at. Another great show. <laughs> Make sure to go to SEN, download the app to listen later. Thanks to everyone that's listened, that called in, and uh, enjoy the weekend of footy, guys. See you next week.